0: i'm merlin and we're a gay and his nb episode 90 thank you all so much for listening to another episode of a gay and his nb this episode where we're talking all things bravo tv and it is an episode full of things full of reunions full of really interesting stuff that we have got to say on these microphones but before we do any of that we have a few housekeeping notes To get out of the way first,
1: wherever it is that you're listening to us, whether that is Google podcasts or Spotify or any of the other lovely podcast platforms out there, um we would love to hear from you in the form of a rating and a review uh if you can drop by there give us five stars if you're so inclined uh and uh let us know how we're doing uh number one it lets us get into the ears of more lovely uh listeners by way of the algorithm but also it lets us like i said hear back from you lets us hear what we're doing right what we're doing wrong and what you want to see from us in the future
0: uh you can also follow us on social media on twitter facebook instagram tiktok and threads all at again is nb uh that's where you'll get more content from us including clips from the podcast and some of our instant thoughts about the things that we're watching um if you want a, like i said an extra dose of again is nb that's the place to get it all on social media all at again is nb
1: uh, you can also support us uh, by heading over to our merch store uh, at agnb.threadless. dot uh, We've got all sorts of different designs on there, all sorts of different products. You can get those designs on, uh, and it's on Threadless, and their their prices are already pretty great, um, but they also are constantly constantly running sales, you know, and and discounts and things like that. So uh, you can definitely find uh whatever you would like on there and find it in your budget
0: uh and you can also if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast you can submit that to us on the social media platforms that i mentioned or at a gay and his nb at gmail.com uh just be sure to leave your name and leave your question and who knows we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast babe what are we talking about on this episode episode 90 episode all
1: 90 uh yeah we've got uh we're going to be Talking about Vanderpump rules. The redemption that no one wants, but we're getting anyways. Uh, it really does seem to be getting shoved down our throats. Honestly. Uh, it's very, very frustrating. It's
0: almost as if, you know, they are now the gaslighter in this whole thing.
1: Honestly, it's it's it, mm we've got thoughts. Uh, we're also going to be talking part one of the Beverly Hills reunion. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. I, I, spoiler. I think it's my favorite of the week in terms of the shows that we're watching. Uh,
1: yeah, probably. Um, we're also going to be talking part one of the Miami reunion.
0: Reunions on reunions. Two very different reunions in style.
1: Very different reunions. And then we're also like getting... Part two of the Miami reunion literally tonight on Thursday as we record this. It's airing.
0: We'll we'll just say that right now. What the hell are you doing, guys?
1: Like weird. I I don't get it.
0: You'll get it. You'll get our thoughts on that next week, but it's going to be like good while from when it airs. But it's fine. Whatever. Yeah.
1: Whatever. But before we get to any of that,
0: let's talk Potomac. Potomac for this week. uh, uh,
1: Again, as it is every week.
0: Weirdly, was again like last week was. Better than Vanderpump, which is weird, um, but still not great. Like,
1: yeah, I was more angry at Vanderpump, but I still didn't enjoy Potomac. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm. I'm interested in the reunion that they filmed, I believe, yesterday. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: Just from what everything is sort of like, at least. I mean, it's all reading into things and reading tea leaves, mm-hmm. which, like, I mean, we're Bravo fans. Of course, we're going to do that. Um, everything means something, guys. But, like, the reunion seating was fascinating to me. Yeah. Mia and Karen being first chair, first off.
1: The first time Giselle's not first chair. Uh,
0: and In eight seasons. Robin being, like, a distant fucking third when she, like, seemingly had the big storyline going into the season. Sad. Like... Ashley fourth, like it's crazy. And then like, I, again, you know, typically casting gets decided post reunion filming, right. Or at least that's when the talk starts in terms of that. But I think it's very interesting that like when Andy Cohen went on Kelly Clarkson, apparently today, like Wendy and Candace were with him. Yeah. And did you see Ashley posted a weirdly, not cryptic, but just sort of like, thank you guys for your supporting me. It's been a really rough season for me. Um, you know, I'm just looking on. It felt like
1: it, almost a good post, kinda.
0: And it was like, I'd be fine with that because it's like there needs to be a shakeup or something. And yeah. like, there's there's definite problems, and we get them this episode. And it's like, if, if you're, I mean, sorry we we have our opinions about certain sides of the aisle in terms of this show right now, and if if you've listened to us for. This, you know, all that we've talked about this season, it's pretty clear where we stand. That we're on the Wendy and Candace mm-hmm. side of things, and this episode really sort of again entrenched me into that. So it's like, if you are a, if you are a La Robin out there, maybe don't listen. I, I maybe number do, one
1: why, but number two, like
0: maybe do listen just to hear another perspective. I guess, but like we're not fans, and we'll get into why because it's just yeah. Stupid and a mess. Uh, we come back from Giselle crowning Neca, the new Queen of Potomac. Um, I, I, you made the note that uh, her crown was off center. You,
1: you spotted that immediately. Well, like the it's like over, like it's the point is like over the outer corner of her left eye. Yeah, it's like what are we doing? <laughs> it's so bad. Um, and NECA says they're confessional.
0: This title is definitely beyond and above my years. You know, Grand Dame is for someone that's more elderly, but I think Giselle comes from a place of concern. It's an old maiden type of title. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. NECA's actually, I, I thought that was a good read. I'll I will say that. I just think like. I don't – I feel like NECA doing the, like, let's double team Karen is a little – I mean, fine if Karen was shading her, I guess, to start it. But, like, I didn't read it that much of shade, but whatever. It's fine. When he goes to grab Candace, because Candace left at the Mm -hmm. end of the episode, and she's like, I just had to get my necklace. And then – but she was, like – still being like, this is so fucking stupid. She's like, it's trying to make, like, fetch happen. Like, yeah. which I think that's the thing. It's just like, if I if this happened in season two, I'd be like, oh, funny drama. It's just like, you've been doing this for eight seasons. And yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just feels like, not to to steal a phrase from uh, Dr. Nicole in the Miami reunion trailer, it's like, you have a hard-on for Karen at this point.
2: And it's yeah. like...
0: You could say it's just, like, friendly sort of banter, and maybe it is. I don't know. But it's just, like, from a viewing perspective, I'm just it, tired of it. Yeah.
1: It doesn't seem like it.
0: I would love just, like, one season where they're aligned, right? Like, just one yeah. one season where it's, like, they're literally – it's not just, like, well, we're friendly, but we still shade. It's just, like, having each, you guys on the same page at one point.
1: Yeah. That, that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Um, Ashley asked Karen if she has any words, and I love Karen going – Because Karen handles these moments so well, though, by the way. Like, in terms of just, like, taking the air out of them. She goes, I would like to say It's Lonely at the Top. And I'm glad that you are specifically Grand Dame 20854. Because that's what her status says. Because the Grand Dame's already taken. But I love it. You know, it's sisterhood. Sisterhood. And Giselle goes, you know, because she lives in Potomac. And Karen goes, yes, we all do, Giselle. You don't. You live in Bethesda. (laughs) 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 They show her off the... So it's like, you have no place to talk. (laughs) Right. I just heard I mean, being like, you live in Bethesda so great. Um, and, like, Karen also fucking arm and arm, like, uh, fucking uh, with neck. Like, she literally grabs Necka by the arm and to skip outside <laughs> the front of the house. Like, Karen knows how to fucking just, like.
1: Take the wind out of their sails. Yeah. Which is great.
0: And then Karen Eric Professor goes, Giselle has no power to crown shit. Uh, Got your child believing that shit wearing Party City crowns out in public? This is no crowning. This is a clowning. And then she pulls out a fucking clown mask in the confessional and puts out on her face and goes, This looks like Giselle, doesn't it? How do you like me now?
1: Jesus Christ.
0: The way Karen's brain works is just, like, perfect to me. Like oh god um so they all get into golf carts to head out to night golf i love i did love them driving in the golf carts to the the yeah the place because it was giving i think you said it was giving that one season of oc
1: with yes. in the. Golf- i was like are they gonna like after the 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 golfing when they're going out to eat after i'm like are they gonna drive into the fucking restaurant. What's happening? <laughs>
0: uh, I love that. I love that uh, vacation so much. Um Ashley, so well, okay, so they're doing the night golf stuff. Um I just we had for a trip, I guess for the like I I don't know, Dominican Republic it just didn't seem like, you know. I mean, I guess
1: that they do a lot of golf I don't, I don't know. But
0: you could also go t- we won't name the establishment for reasons you don't need to know about. Um but like
1: There, there are other target-oriented golfing establishments where you could go for you know less than a hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, Um, but Ashley when they're doing it asks about Jason to Giselle, and Giselle says uh, because they're and they also ask like are you guys exclusive? And she's like we're currently not exclusive. Mia then goes. I mean, would you be upset if you were to see him, like, in public or, like, on social media with, like, another female? And she goes, on social media, yes, because we've had that conversation. He was like, you don't have to worry about that. Cut I should... to him
1: having a girlfriend for the last year.
0: I Well, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's his girlfriend, but there's de- there are photos of them definitely being very close and touchy and, like, like a partner to me. Yep. I forgot what – there's an account that posted uh, – posted. it might have been Bravo Babe, if if I'm not mistaken – um, but like they're dated from like summer of last
1: year, yeah. So like, also shout out to Bravo Babe for getting her first shout out on Watch What Happens Live. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got that last week. That was exciting. But like,
0: I mean, it it doesn't really help with Giselle at all when you have these things out there because yeah. there's all that talk about like Giselle having fake boyfriends and yep. And you know <laughs> is Jason going to sit behind you at the reunion this time? I don't think so. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah, not good on her part.
1: Um, well, but she should be used to that because it's not like Jamal's ever showed up for her. So sure. That-
0: <laughs> true that maybe hopefully maybe more times than one um (laughs) karen's talking to candace about like hey i saw you like walking away when giselle was doing what she was doing and candace goes yeah because it's fucking stupid and and karen goes look giselle has nothing going on with her with her which is why she has to take jabs but my thing is it doesn't bother me because titles thank god are for people that need them and i've never needed one and i just have one (laughs) I, um, I, I have it, but I don't need it. <laughs> like, uh, Even though she's talking about titles for eight seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and but then Karen going, titles aren't needed. And Candace goes, unless your title is raggedy, petty bitch. That's all. <laughs> okay. So then they go to the dinner, right? And this is, okay. So this gets really stupid. They sit down for dinner. They're talking. And... Giselle decides that she's going to bring up, you know, Grace going off to college. Cause she said that Karen gave her some really good advice of how to handle sort of like, you know, don't embarrass her with your, like, you know, crying and like, you know, all your like, you know, right. Over emotions or whatever. So she brings up, she's like, uh, and Giselle says, Grace graduated on Monday. Candace goes, Oh, congratulations. Which I thought is big for Candace. Yeah, just from a general standpoint to tell her congratulations for her daughter going to college because she has every right to, again, not speak to her because Giselle has also not spoken to her, you know, this whole year. So, and, and let's be real that that's the case of what's happening. Right. Cause there's some revisionist fucking history that happens later. Yep. So Candace saying congratulations to the, is a big deal. Giselle, uh, it's like, yeah, so she's going to an HBCU in Florida. So I'm going to be crying next week. Mia then asks. Do you ever have any concern about her going to school in Florida? And she goes, 100%. I mean, Florida is like a country of its own, you know, the way the governor is like acting a fool. You know, I tell her, stick with your friends, stay on the campus, you know, don't be gallivanting, you know, into the depths of Florida. And she's very street savvy. So she's not going to do anything to get her caught up in in something crazy, you know, and like it's a, you know, a conversation about sort of the, the issue. And it's just a fine enough conversation. So she's talking. Candace and Wendy are looking at each other, right? They're kind of lurking. You could argue
1: smirking, maybe. I don't even think it's necessarily smirking. I think they're just talking with their eyes. They're
0: really doing, again, they're doing nothing different than when Wendy brings up her uh, online show that she's doing and the faces that anyone else in the group makes. Or when Candace is saying something and how the other people in the group look their other direction or it's just not focused or look at each other. They're all doing this right now because there's such a fissure in the group where they don't look at each other. They don't acknowledge each other, all that, whatever, fine. But they're looking at each other. There's like maybe the slightest bit of a smile, but they're not rolling their eyes. Robin in her confessional then goes, Candace and Wendy making faces, rolling their eyes, it's like, okay, I get it. You don't like Giselle, but we're talking about her daughter here. Shut up. (laughs) I I, I just, when she said it, I was like, shut the fuck
1: up. Well, to me, I interpret that very much less about them rolling their eyes about anything to do with their daughter and more about the fact that Giselle only seems to care about the fact that she's a woman of color when it matters to the conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's that. And when there are very credible accusations of colorism on this cast, mostly led by the colorism led by Giselle. Right. Then she's a fucking Karen. Right.
0: And if they try to have conversations or like engage or whatever for the last two years, the response has been for them to either be like, why is she talking to me or look the other way? So what is the fucking point of what they're doing? First off, second off you are in no fucking place. Were you blinded at, at Eddie's weed event? Did you, did, did you just lose all vision? Do you have, do you wear glasses and you just forgot to bring them and miss your friend? The way that she was acting at that party doing her makeup in her phone when eddie's talking Mm -hmm. fucking like you know rolling her eyes any chance that she could get when anyone when anyone she didn't like breathe a certain way like you have no place to talk in this
1: also i thought you didn't see wendy yeah i thought you just couldn't see her
0: i thought you 100 percent didn't care Uh, or whatever your fucking stupid tagline is and also people pointed out online like Her words coming back to bite her, too, of being like, it's her child. It's her kid. When you literally made sure not to invite Wendy and her kids to Family Fun Day. And then went online after the episodes were airing, defending yourself doing that. Saying, people say kids are off limits, but their mom isn't. And and that's what they're showcasing right here. It has nothing to do with Grace. It has to do with her mother... And then not wanting to hear her mother go off on their fucking high horse and having to listen to her fucking voice. Right. That's what it is. Yep. Um. So Wendy then speaks up and says, I'll say this. I just think from my lens, you know, it's not the best state right now. Florida, you know, is where, you know, black and brown people are being killed without cause. And they're justifying, you know, by the killing by saying, you know, Florida has like stand your ground. You know, I personally, I wouldn't send my black boys there. And Giselle goes... I think my baby girl will be okay. She got Jesus on her. And people were also reading that being like, well, Wendy, what are you saying there to like sort of like be like, oh, Giselle's not being a good mother because she's sending Grace to Florida. So what is it? Does she, do you want her to talk or not? Do you want her to like contribute to the conversation
1: or not? But also like, no, she's not. She yeah. should be heavily counseling her daughter against going to a school yeah. in a place like that fine,
0: I'm not the one to tell her like- for, like you're like make your dis if if that's your daughter's decision, let your daughter make the decision that's whatever but also I just don't understand the like shitting on Wendy when like if Giselle is vocalizing concern, if Wendy vocalizes the
1: same concern, what is that what's the issue there yeah I just like it's just really ignorant. To act like we don't have all of this information. I would have the same problem with her telling her daughter to go someplace like, uh, I think, Prairie View A&M, which is in Texas, which is also an HBCU. Like, I would, I would have a problem with her going there, too. Yeah. Because Texas is not a safe state yeah. right now. Florida is not a safe state right now. Like... Have her go somewhere where there is a larger black and brown population, where she has safety and community, where she has, you know, it's never going to be 100% safe. No, of course not. But there are safer places. Sure.
0: And if you had the and again, even if it's a conversation with Grace, that's one thing my thing is like that's on giselle but it's just like the more this in the abstract of this conversation at this table the way it's like it's like what do you like you brought the topic got brought up so we're talking about whatever yeah stupid um giselle but and also there's mo- like giselle's talking more about this or whatever and the, if you pay close enough attention the camera doesn't focus on it but when you pay close of close of attention there's moments where candace and wendy are nodding along with giselle yeah so the idea that they're just like not, you know, being assholes. Fuck off. I'm sick of it. Um, Karen uh, then says, you know, because is saying, you know, talking about like being with the group and how, you know, hopefully a sisterhood and something. I don't even remember. <laughs> I blinked it out. Karen goes, Necca, what you'll find out is everyone wants to see us win in this group. <laughs> That's not true, Karen. Karen, it's I, not. I get you're trying to be the peacemaker, but come on. And she goes, we have a lot to be thankful for. Giselle then goes... So in that same vein, I think that we should be able to call out when we fall short. I'm like, oh great, here we oh, fucking Lord. go. So at NECA's house, you told Mia that she was screwing a rapper, and Kara goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> Giselle goes, screwing a married man. In years past, if I had said that, you would be going on a rampage of Giselle's trying to destroy family. She's really caught she did this at the reunion. I've been mean, like, You all talk about marriages, and it's not me, and blah, 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 whatever. uh, Mia goes, but the difference is I didn't do it, which like, uh, okay, Mia, you also admitted in your confessional that you said in your confessional, well, it's not a rapper. Um,
1: So there's something. Also, we have yet to see the argument between you and your husband where he says, you've been cheating on me for years.
0: So we know that's bullshit. So... Yeah, Karen lays it out though. Karen goes, I will say this. You all have come all, you've all come after my marriage time and time again. I am done turning the other cheek because you all are so fucking disrespectful at all times to my marriage and to me. And Mia, I brought you into this group. And so it's like, yeah, I fucking brought it out, but I brought it out from a retaliatory praise. And so like my point, like, yeah, Giselle, you do fucking go after people's marriages. But if that's going to continue to fucking happen... It's going to get brought back. Uh-huh. Sorry. Mia goes, so why were you disrespecting to my ma- disrespectful to my marriage? You said I was screwing a rapper. And Karen goes, I brought it to you and in front of you. Mind you, you talk about me behind my back. They play a flashback to the party at the end of last season, and they show Mia t- telling it to Karen's face or whatever about the whole, whatever it was like at a restaurant and like hooking up with that, whatever the rumor was. I forgot. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Unless I misremember, and maybe I do misremember, like maybe fact check me. Like, didn't Mia talk about it with other people before that party? Pretty sure, yeah. Like in front on camera. Uh huh. So like, that's not just bringing it to Karen's face. Mm-hmm. Straightforward. You know, I I I'm with Karen in the sense of like they clearly jabbed her at NECA's house about the fucking thing, so she's like, I'll fire it back, bitch. Like whatever. Uh, Karen goes, my thing, Mia, is understand that I'm human too. And I bleed. And Mia goes, which is why I haven't shared the true story. And Karen goes, you don't know my true story. And Mia goes, okay, you want to try it? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, Mia was, again, I appreciate Mia for being a chaotic fucking mess, but Mia's a chaotic fucking mess. Karen's yeah. like, Mia, don't threaten me. I have nothing to hide. Uh, Mia goes, I have your back, so I'll keep it to myself. And Giselle goes, I think that's nice. Shut up, Giselle. <laughs>
2: Yeah, look well, at her
0: being so nice by like introducing the concept that there is more to the story, but right. without
1: saying it. It's just, it, it's wild. It's also frustrating how um, you know, the only person on the green eyed bandit side who hasn't actually had the bullshit of their husband or ex husband or whatever brought up has been Giselle. Nobody's ever gone after Jamal. Uh, not really.
0: Not, well, when they got back together, kind but of. But it
1: wasn't ever, the only thing that was really brought to Jamal was we never see him. And he's you in never bring him around, he's on the phone. Like, we never really go, um, this man is a serial philanderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you back with this cheating ass man? Right. Monique, like, Monique got her
0: on the way out, but that was about it.
1: That was about it. Like we finally have gotten Juan's bullshit addressed. Yeah. Um. You know, Ashley. You know, if Manhattan <laughs> assaulted a literal production member, it never would have come up.
0: Nah. Uh, yeah, but there was also stuff on the grinder and on blogs and so. so.
1: I, sure, but it it wasn't it wasn't an issue until he assaulted a cameraman. Yeah. 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 And it's like I don't buy like so. Of course, oh, gi- no. I take that back. Also, because he wanted to suck Juan's dick. That part. <laughs> because he turned on another green-eyed bandit husband.
0: But and honest, honestly, same. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Um, Giselle and Ashley, of course, think there's something there with the Karen thing with what Mia's saying. And when he's just straight up like, "Child, Mia is a pathological liar. <laughs> like that. Like Mia lies like she breathes. She yeah. really does. Like it's like." You know, I love her. I love a good, like, you know, careless liar on a Bravo show, but it's like, <laughs> like, I don't believe anything that comes out of me. No. Um Karen goes, at this point, I'm not angry with you, but if you're going to spread rumors, I can do the same thing to you. And Mia goes, to me, that's so manipulative. How is that manipulative? And how is what you're doing, not the
1: manipulative thing? Like it's it. <laughs> then I'm flabbergasted, my guests are flabbered.
0: I don't know. I don't I, get it. I don't think you know what that word means. Sorry. And then Kiana... Or Kiana... I keep saying Kiana because it's with an R. Sorry. Kiana. She says, there's a lot of talking at each other and not really a lot of
1: talking to each other. I was like, true. Girl been here for three seconds and described the problem with this entire show. Yeah.
0: I liked her. She kind of clocked this whole group down. Yeah. To a certain extent. And as much as like... She, cause so she like also like thanks Giselle for checking on her. And then Kiana's like, I've been sick all day just so you know. Y'all asses did not come and check on me. And uh, like... It could have been such a bigger thing, right? Because they were hinting at, like, Giselle was planting the seeds of that. And Candace just goes, I didn't know you were that sick. I'm sorry you felt abandoned. And <laughs> Wendy Larry goes, I got you ginger ale.
1: <laughs> it was very, I mean, her friend is Candace. I gave you a beverage. <laughs> I don't want everybody, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm sick on a trip like this, I don't need every individual person coming and knocking on my door, yeah, and then me having to have a conversation with each one of them. Well,
0: especially that she was in the bathroom so often. It was like it when it when I'm sick to that regard. I want to be literally left alone. I don't want to be seen, heard of. Like I'm
1: like forget I'm here until I pop back up. Period. <laughs> like, like I I will maybe disseminate information to one person, and then you are my spokesperson out there. I don't want to talk to nobody else.
0: Yeah. But Wendy's like, we receive it. I love when like, we receive that. Uh, so they squash it. So yeah. it's it's fine. Um, they then return to the house and then we get, get up the next morning. Um, Mia is talking with the Green Eye Bandits by the pool or whatever. And she's like, what exactly had I done to Karen? Giselle then goes... I mean, in Miami, when y'all had that big argument uh, after the Wendy-Mia fight, right? She's like, she didn't like that because she felt she, you should never come for her because she supposedly brought you around. And Mia goes, so, like, I'm more like a slave to her? Like, one, really don't invoke that first off. Two, if I remember correctly, the fight in your bedroom, Mia, in Miami Was because you were mad at Karen for not taking your side in the Wendy fight that you fucking started that you threw a drink on her during.
1: Right. And you're so you're so you were demanding her loyalty, not the other way around.
0: Right. And now you don't understand that now.
1: Also, it's not supposed that she literally did bring you into this group.
0: Yeah, I, there, I mean, there's footage. I get that it's like there's a producer that it's, and I get how the game works, right? Right. But it's like Karen brought her in in storyline, so right, whatever. Um. Also, speaking of Karen, they're at breakfast eating her in that fucking swimsuit that was had a lot of ass out, and with that giant robe, that sheer robe, it was fucking hot.
1: It was great.
0: Karen is fucking serving it. Look, this Look,
1: she's not the only person. Showing off the goodies in a bathing suit and a caftan this this week. Yeah. We'll talk about
0: it. <laughs> Mia, um, oh, my God. So they're eating breakfast. And then Mia decides to go up to Karen and goes, Queen Karen, I'm here to serve you, my master, since you brought me into the group. So is there anything that I can get for you? Hold on. Let me bow down to you. And it's like, oh, my
1: God, Mia, can you not? Like, You better believe I would have leaned into that shit. I would have said, absolutely. If you could get me a mimosa, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen, no, instead. Three berries on top <laughs> and a slice of orange.
0: Karen then says, I mean, we talked last night. I'm in a happy place, knowing where I stand. Cheers, and then I was like, "That's such a great." I'm in a happier place, knowing where I stand. Not that we made up. Not no. that we're good. I know where I stand. No, I see you. We're good. We see each other. <laughs> oh my god! So then Giselle comes in the breakfast. This pissed me off. Her in this confessional. Her, she needs to stop playing victim. And I'm sick of the victim. Sick. It's yeah ah, tired. She goes after last night. I'm not talking to Candace. I'm not talking to Wendy because y'all were over there making your face scrunched stuff when I was talking about my daughter. You're how are you going to act as if now you're not talking to Wendy and Candace? You literally have not talked in or looked in Candace's direction for a year. You haven't done it to Wendy for 2 years.
2: Yeah.
1: And now you're going to act like now you're suddenly doing that? Yeah, this is a decision you made today.
0: Right. Unreal, unreal. The victims, you know, bullshit that they pull out, and it's just like that's where it's just like people. I I would love to just have a genuine conversation with like the people on the uh, who are on the Green Eye Bandit side. Some of their arguments I hear points of, but I'm just like, how can you look at Giselle and not see this like bitter asshole? You know what I mean? Yeah, it just radiates.
1: Yeah, it's exhausting.
0: Okay, so they go outside and Robin set up a game because it, it's just another one of those classic housewives games it's called answer the damn question and they try to make it like if you don't believe the person's answer you can then buzz your buzzer and then the person has to drink tequila and they try to make it something but it's really just like let's ask sex questions for camera (laughs) it's which is fine the game ended up being not that bad it's fine um i forgot so they talk about like wendy's sex life or what i forgot even what the question was but wendy's like yeah eddie loves it and like does spread eagle or whatever and Ashley then goes he's looking at your third brown eye and Wendy goes honey that's his favorite brown eye I don't think either of them know what that means
1: well I thought Wendy was saying you know my actual eyes are brown but the third brown eye is also brown
0: oh I didn't even check check her like actual eyes (laughs) but like she but then then she says it's her her asshole well no she says it's her vagina yeah no that's not that's... Unless, unless I was misinterpreting, ter- I don't know. But
1: I it, took it as booty.
0: Yeah, at one point, uh, Giselle's just like Ashley thinking it's a third brown eye. Like I, she's had too many threesomes that she's lost track of the holes or something. It's like th- a no. Third- no, no,
1: no. Um,
0: Karen <laughs> asks Ashley, "When is the last time you had sex?" And Ashley reveals, "You know, the last time she's being coy, but she's like, the last time was in January." And Karen just goes, "Was it Michael?" Fair enough, question. <laughs> yeah, at this point. They're practically still together at this point. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Um Candace asked Robin. How can she sleep with him? I, how can you look at him? <laughs> it's it, he's he looks like the fucking um uh you know like there's like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah with these creepy ass I think they're called the gentlemen. Mhm where it, it's creepy. It's it's awful. She had sex. They, they're terrifying. She had
0: sex with him at least twice, and that's twice too many.
1: <laughs> Honestly.
0: Um, Candace asks Robin, what is a fetish that your partner has asked you to do? And then Robin reveals, he would like to, you know, like watch me with somebody. Like, I won't do it. You know, he doesn't mind if it's a girl or guy. I think he's also mentioned it's a guy because, you know, I wouldn't do it with a girl. <laughs> and fucking Karen Erica Russell goes, I mean, who's surprised with Juan's love for threesomes? I know they don't include Robin. Huh. And, the, and then I forgot about, they flashed back to last year's trip where Karen brought up that Juan saying that Karen can be the third in the threesome. And it's like, Robin, you fucking gave Karen a lot of ammo by saying that right now. And you f- totally forgot about that.
1: I yeah. wonder if uh, Juan was ever the third with Ashley and Michael. <laughs>
0: It's not gay that way. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Robin then asks, well, she says, Naka. She also calls her Naka. What the, like, that wasn't what she. N-A-Y-K-A. That wasn't what she said at the party, right, that was like the correct
1: pronunciation. That
0: Wendy said was the correct pronunciation,
1: no. right? No. The it's an a. Uh, it's like it a double end. It's like pronu- a double end, like NECA.
0: Yeah, it's like I I think they just don't know like it just really shows that you don't care about this person. No,
1: they have they she's a pawn. She's a chess piece.
0: Yeah. Robin asks, who would you trade partners with? And NECA's like, I mean, whoever comes correct, you know, it's all about the money. You know, like G or Juan. I'm like, well, Juan's unemployed. Uh, <laughs> and then the producer asked NECA in the confessional, F Mary Kill. And she's like, oh, you know, maybe I'd, you know, Juan Dixon, I'd F, or whatever. I forgot what she said. But then she says, I mean, if I had to, like, save a hoe, I would definitely save Eddie and give him his freedom.
1: She's really playing, again, these, like... As if Eddie's not the obvious marry option. Yeah, Eddie is clear. I mean, You marry Eddie, you fuck Juan, and kill the rest of these motherfuckers. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I also really just don't love her emphasizing this, like, get eddie to freedom narrative yeah it's it's nasty again it doesn't help when you're again like what wendy's problem is with like the the nigerian yeah stuff it's weird yeah robin then asked karen how many sexual partners have you had in the past five years again a very much a setup question yep but karen does it so well she goes you know is it wet dreams too I mean, about like like 40 wet dreams. <laughs> and then Wendy going, Karen, you aren't a boy. You don't have wet dreams. And Karen goes, you don't know me, Wendy. I have wet dreams. I'm not the only one to make it rain. <laughs> also,
1: yes, women have wet dreams. Sure. Like. Is it harder to.
0: I I, I say this as a gay man. So I. Sh- I'm, I'm, I'm All the wet
1: dream is, is a sex dream. Right. But is it. Uh, but. Not okay off pod. I can't do it.
0: I can't say this on this podcast. It's too gross. <laughs>
1: it's okay. So, like, when someone with a vagina experiences arousal, there is wetness that occurs. But isn't there potential of like,
0: like, is it, is, it's not like guaranteed all the time,
1: right? No, it that part is if there is arousal. Oh. That it—it's something that is, phys, like, it's not an orgasm necessarily.
0: No, 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 no.
1: But like, also, typically, when someone with a penis has a wet dream, it's not an, actually an orgasm. It's just a release. Like, it's not—it's not anything that's akin to having sex. So, like, it's not going to be the same for someone with a vagina either. This is the greatest bit of sex education we've had on this podcast. It, it's, so like it to me, it was giving very. Um, who was that uh, conservative that was like? Uh, oh, Ben you, Shapiro. It was giving very Ben Shapiro. My my wife doesn't have a wet ass pussy, so like yeah. nobody has one. It's like no, that means you don't know what you're doing, sir. If you don't know, if you don't know that women can also have wet dreams, then I feel very very bad for you yeah. as a person.
0: Um, So they all load into the van to head to the beach. They're going to have lunch and then head to the beach. Uh, Oh, my God. When they exit the van, Ashley full-on leaves, coochie sweat, on the fucking chair, and they zoom in on it. I was like, I didn't need to see that.
1: It's the Dominican Republic. It's a tropical island. It's going to happen. It's going to be hot and sweaty.
0: So they all sit down to eat. Um, Ashley decides to bring up... so. Yeah, I know y'all ask me, you know, a lot of sex questions during the game, and I feel like I can't really talk about those things without telling you, you know, what's happening because, you know, I am still legally married. So it, it felt a little shoehorned whatever, but she's like, what's hard for me is I've never really been, you know, by myself. Mia then goes, so I was wondering, like, if Michael's helping you financially, I can see, like, why you would remain married. Uh, and then fucking Karen goes, I mean, I would hope it's half the reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would again, it, it was It was like the conversation with the Mia and Gordon thing at, w- when they went to lunch, where it's like, you realize that the only, there's reasons to stay with somebody for in a romantic relationship other than finances, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and to me... The way that Ashley approached that was very much, I can't admit on camera that I'm fucking these other people because there's a, there's a clause in the prenup. Yeah. It's like, but it's like y'all are fucking stupid.
0: Sure. But it's also like you want to, the benefit to say like i think she still doesn't want to she's like she frames it around security right she's right. like i'm worried like i'm worried about my security i don't whatever but it's like just say you wanted the money i like but then you have to admit that that's why you were probably with michael in the first place yeah and you can't do that so, from well, a, it,
1: it wasn't looks
0: <laughs> oh that that silver fox <laughs> <laughs> so, more like a silver fox that's been like run over on the side of a road silver
1: roadkill
0: yeah wendy then asked Mia, so but like are you with gordon for financial reasons and mia goes "Nah, gordon's broke as hell you know that and kiana goes i mean at the moment but he wasn't broke as hell from the start mia then goes when i met his ass he was broke as hell did I have more money coming into the relationship with Gordon? Yes. But mine was on inheritance. And they're all like, what? What is it? Like, she just is making stuff up
1: now. I have to believe. Uh, maybe. Uh, uh, to me, it is possible, okay, that she, she got named in some old dude's will as in her work as a stripper. Right. Right. Got named in some old dude's will, got a fuck ton of inheritance, and therefore she had more liquid assets, more cash on hand. That's what she
0: says in the confessional. Like, there's a difference between cash and assets.
1: Right. I think Gordon had more wealth, but I think she had more money.
0: But, like, but this was when she was still a
1: stripper. Strippers make a good amount of money. And
0: and some people if you love stripping just because you love stripping, I think that's fine and and all well and good and people should do whatever they want to do. But like she always seemed to portray it as that she was this was her hustling. And like if she had an inheritance, it may have been recent. I don't think that I the way she's saying it though, it doesn't seem like that. Cause, and Wendy's like, S- since when? And she's Wendy's like, we thought the story was that you were working at a gentleman's club. You were saying that he came in on high roller night. And, when, and Mia goes, so I did meet him in a strip club. And yes, he was a high roller. And Wendy goes, so he had money. And Mia goes, what's your definition of having money? And Candace goes, I thought he was giving you like $10,000 a night. And Mia goes, that's not money. That's chump change. That's lunch money. In what realm is that chump change? I'll take some chump change for like, like maybe ten thousand. Generally, maybe chump change to a certain extent in as if you're of a certain tax bracket. But like ten thousand for a stripper to pay for strippers—that's not chump change. It like because that's ten thousand of like expendable, like you know what I mean? Like
1: sure, but. Again, this is high roller night. That is, I don't think you truly understand how much high dollar strippers really make. I mean, well, sure, like, it, like like they could clear, like they could clear a band real easy, yeah, in a year.
0: That's probably true. Candace says her confessional. Look, I don't know at all. Perhaps I'm just ignorant, and I've been open up to a whole new world of stripper heiresses (laughs) but my mind is boggled right now because it but it just feels like she just keeps like you can't trust mia with anything so it's like she just like she was a ceo and then she wasn't and then like it's just like i don't you know yeah giselle giselle hates that this is going down this direction she goes why are we going down this road as if like giselle you should be eating up this tea why are you mad that it's because it's mia okay and then Ashley goes, Mia asked if I was with Michael for financial reasons. There is an element. Michael gives me no money, but there is a level of security. I'm like, you're playing with
1: words, Ashley. Yeah, he
0: he gives me no money. He just pays for my mortgage.
1: Which, technically, the house is in his name, too. Sure. So, it's actually paying his mortgage. I guess, but, like, that's, like... <laughs> But the thing is, is that legally there is a difference. But
0: she also frames it as, like, security for, like, if I don't, if I have, if I fall on hard times, he can provide for the kids. Right. And it's like, but he's paying for your stuff now. Yeah. Well.
1: Yeah. I, I have a feeling that she is being very judicious with her language on things. Sure. Because there are cameras, because there are legal whatevers, the same way Erica was last season and the season before on Beverly Hills with everything happening with Tom. Like, you, when you have ongoing stuff in courts and legal stuff happening, you have to be Very careful about your language because even if everything is actively above board, if you say, well, yeah, he's giving me money, then you're going to have, like, fraud detection up your ass. You're going to have people combing through every red cent you've ever made, like, and it just creates problems. So I have a feeling that she is very particular about mincing her words. Because she wants to avoid that shit.
0: Yeah. Um, Candace then asked Ashley, like, so you were going to, like, a, a life coach or whatever. And I guess it's her confidence coach, which I get. <laughs> I'm all for coaches and that. But it was, like, that felt like a fake a co- is a confidence coach a thing? Whatever. I don't know. It's not a big deal. Uh, Ashley goes, she encouraged me to have a goal. You know, I told her I wanted to get back into singing, so she encouraged me to have a song written by my birthday. I was like, oh, no, Ashley, we're getting Coffee and Love 2.0. The
1: first one wasn't great. I'm like, not... Looking forward to a second one.
0: Ashley is actually a pretty good singer. When she sings here,
1: she has a good voice. And so there's that. She's not a songwriter. No, 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 no. Candace goes... Stick to karaoke, honey.
0: Candace goes, here's a microphone. Go ahead. Sing your song. And she hands Ashley a butter knife, which I felt so, like, full circle. (laughs) Here, the knife can be used for good.
1: (laughs) Like... I didn't even clock that.
0: Yeah, it's hilarious. And she wrote this song called Healing and Thriving, which sounds... I mean, it's a chorus and it it, the chorus sounds a little repetitive but Uh like like you said she's not a songwriter but she sounds good um and the ladies are all encouraging of ashley you know with her you know you can handle yourself even candace is like rooting her on which again i like i said before i was i don't know why candace is like forgiving of ashley and not just that. i mean because ashley fucked her over a lot yeah but like Again, I think like the idea that like these people won't move forward at all, I think it gets disproven by that. So, yep, there's that at least. Um, Wendy then goes, Karen, I want to talk about your triple 20 party. And Karen goes, I, Look, I'm so grateful to be 60. And Ashley goes, And you're looking this good, like a whole ass meal. I, that's not the best way to say it. You're looking like a meal, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, as opposed to a snack, sure.
0: Well, but, but that's a th- like a snack versus a meal. Well, yeah, but it's a, like, what does that mean? Like, it more appetizing sure or more food
1: that's that's not how it's usually used sure
0: karen goes look i've been working hard with my new trainer and candace goes what's his name and karen goes then you'll know it (laughs) like yeah yeah that's how that works karen (laughs) so karen's like being like real secretive of like the the trainer or whatever right which at this point karen it's like you gotta like well, but wasn't there a rumor about her fucking a trainer a while back? Sure. Well, even Mia says, can we see a picture of him? Does he have blue eyes? I was like, oh, God. Yeah. But, like, I I think it's probably innocent. But, Karen, at this point, I think Karen enjoys it to a certain extent. The, like, you know. As
1: long as it doesn't go beyond banter, yeah.
0: Yeah. She goes, he's going to be a legend in this group forever, and he will remain that in peace. <laughs> <laughs> So they head out onto the beach. Robin says uh, that this was apparently the same beach that Martha Stewart did her Sports Illustrated photo shoot. So she's like, what if we all do like a photo shoot together? We all like find our spot and like we'll take photos with
1: our cameras or whatever. Everybody did such great pictures. And then Robin took a nap. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. Robin laying on that couch like. Took a nap in a T-shirt. And Karen's like showing leg. Like everyone's got like their booty popped out. And it's like it's. Robin just like Took a nap.
1: <laughs> I mean This was her thing. She brought it up. Yeah. And you took a nap? Pose or something. Like
0: it, it wasn't even like a post like a like, oh I'm like, you know, paint me one of your French girls. Bed. Right. Like
1: you could have at least laid on the bed cute. Yeah. Come on. Um
0: and it was also giving me, uh, remember the photo the photo shoot by the beach on Roney
1: with Kelly. Oh, Benson right, right, right.
0: <laughs> she looked like she was channeling the devil. She was channeling. <laughs> the word was channel. The active word was channel. <laughs> um, so they all, some of them are going in the water, et cetera. At one point, the Green Eye Bandits all are sitting, and with like me and that, are all sitting together. And of course, Robin is, th- this felt so like calculated and and like you know Mm -hmm. she goes so mia did you notice yesterday at dinner when giselle was talking about grace did you notice the way that wendy and candace were like looking at each other i guarantee you Mia didn't notice by the way no she goes the you know the look on their faces they were smirking that's some fucked up shit we're talking about our children i was disgusted and giselle goes it's really fucked up. And she's not being quiet about this really that much. She goes, it's really fucked up. I'm going to talk about my daughter and you're going to scrunch your face. Get the fuck out of here. Like being all big and bad being like, what the fuck Like, Get the fuck out of here. Whatever. I love Wendy because Wendy either hears it or something gets up, walks over and goes, what y'all talking about? And Candace is there as well. And suddenly it becomes the uh, Renaissance tour mute
1: challenge. Uh, look around everybody on mute
0: everybody i mean giselle's like face is just like i got caught like fucking she, and i'm sorry giselle like for all remember in austin when she was like i'm on ready i'm on ready when it comes to candace this is what i was saying before you're never on ready
1: don't don't seem to be ready right now where's your preparation
0: and, like, other than, like, a handful of times with Karen, point to me a moment where Giselle really stands on business with someone. She never does. Never does. Never does. It's so sad. Um, and so that's the cliffhanger that we leave on, and we'll get the rest of the confrontation next week. Like I said, not the worst episode of this season, but, like, still the Green Eye Bandits suck. and yeah. I, And I just can't get over it. Um, yeah. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Vanderpump Rules. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal on the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. Can and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex. Highly astute opinions about professional wrestling, am I right? That is correct. Yes. Do you know where we can find that? Yes, on a wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit
1: grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up *The Santa Strike*, a new book by Shanna Hamaker.
0: While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend, Lindsay, and his best friend, Tommy. At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America.
1: You can order the Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback.
0: Sidekick Media Services. We are your
2: sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com.
1: Welcome back to A Gay and a Zimby. Let's head to Lake Tahoe where Graham becomes a hippie. LVP's new restaurant, Wolf, undergoes some renovation. And Brock dons a skimpy bikini that leads very little to the imagination. And we're all very grateful on Vanderpump Rules.
0: Vanderpump Rules for this week. Uh, I am grateful of that we will get to that. We will have a great fawning session. Because um, <laughs> Damn. Uh, but this episode fucking sucked. I hated it. I, I just... I, I, like like we were saying in the offset, like the way I'm really disappointed, genuinely, in this season from just a the, everything. There's just, an agenda. There's an agenda, and it's so clear. And it's just like when the message that they're sending is just like we, we we can gaslight you too. It's just like it's and and I saw some like great TikToks of people just like like particularly um females because I think I think the thing that Bravo lost about this of like is like why it resonated yeah like why this became such like a zeitgeist thing it's like because there's a lot of women women but like just partners in general that can relate to dealing with a narcissistic asshole who can relate to sort of like the deception of this cheating that can relate to all this stuff and so to almost curate that audience yeah inadvertently because i mean like this is just what happened but like to curate the audience and then basically throw it back in their faces of just like, yeah, we're going to do the rehab that would naturally be done by a narcissist to try to like get back in. It's just like wild to me.
1: It's yeah, a- it, it, it's there was an opportunity here by the cast to change the narrative and show the female empowerment that we've all always wanted to have from this show. Yeah. Cause this show has always felt like the, the story was men fucking suck. Right. Right. Like we, we've gotten like different shows on Bravo's have, has different narratives. Like Beverly Hills is that money doesn't buy you happiness. Right. Um, Salt Lake city is, you know, like, Religion, Um, like religious trauma, right? Like, uh, Jersey is family trauma and, you know, like all of the different stories, right. That are happening in these different franchises. The story on Vanderpump has always been fuck these men.
0: Yeah. And like my first, like, unless I missed, did Jas get like this big of like a welcoming when he fucked up? I don't think he did.
1: No, not really. He had to fight. To get back into the group,
0: like James, even too, like at james's worst, suffered f- not suffered, but you know was ousted for years, yeah, and it's just like we gotta get back like why like why is there such an instinct to get back with him, you know and like and not let it linger a little bit and let him. Maybe try to, f- again, it was similar to where I was pissed at Lala last week about just giving in to Schwartz, where it's like, can these men not feel pain for, like, at least half a season before we accept them back into the group?
1: Yeah, and people are acting like, like, I can understand if this was the reaction, if this was, like, a teen drama or something, right? Right. Because teenagers make mistakes. Even young 20-somethings make mistakes. These men are 40. yeah. They, they, it's, Stop it!
0: It's past that, it. and it's and it's just like, it's uncomfortable to watch, and it's like, and unless unless it's just from a timeline perspective, and it's going to come out later in the season, I don't know, but it's just like, I feel like we're not talking about the elephants in the room when it comes to this. I mean, it's like, the way that Lisa has set this up, front facing, it's like yeah. production, whatever. Like, they're not allowed to broach why Sandoval was terrible. Yeah they they can, they're like, well, you hurt me with this specific quote or this specific, but it's like, we can't get to the root cause of just like, you acted as the moral authority and you had us under your thumb in many ways in terms of like, we had to fight for your, accept- the, the part that he says later about like them, they're expecting me to grovel. You consistently expect them to grovel, I believe, yeah, like in past seasons, like I like as much as he wants to say otherwise like so now it like that's never going to be a there's never a moment where we can really get to the root cause of anything because I feel like we in order to get to the root cause of anything, we have to address things that they don't want to address
1: on the show well, I mean, just to exemplify that, like just a couple of years ago he was having this fight with Jax about being the number one guy in the group. Yeah. Part of that is that everyone looks up to you and everyone looks to you for leadership. Right. You dickhead. You're acting like that never happened. You're acting like you weren't the front the front man of this group. Yeah. You were for years. Honest, Like you could even say from season one has been really the front man of this group. Yeah. Jax was the 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 clown off to the side, but you were the stable one that was leading everything, right? Like it's, it was it was Sandoval on one side and Stassi on the other. That that was it. That was the head of the group. Yeah, I, to act like that didn't happen is bullshit.
0: Right. It's it, yeah. It's just it's just frustrating all around. Let's get into the episode. So we start with like sort of three concurrent scenes. We see. Ariana and Katie getting into the car to go. I just run errands, and Katie like Ariana gets in, and Katie goes. Does it smell like weed in here? Which is so like yeah, so LA and so Katie. Um, this is happening. The Toms are also going clothes shopping, and then James is in the car with Graham. Um, oh my god, it was so fucking shady. The on production side where they show Graham's like title card and they show. Raquel's dog and then they do a swipe and it says James's dog I was like that is fucked like that is nasty on on Raquel like to Raquel actually
1: yes but also I was frustrated with production because they did this they put this title card on and it's clearly got like some um like shading around the sides of the, the screen. Yeah, yeah. And then when they do this, they don't just move the text. They move the whole thing. So you see this shading move and there's a hard line yeah, yeah, yeah. that goes across the screen. And it's like, is this your first day with like iMovie or something? Guys, what got, are we doing? You got
0: nominated for an Emmy. Like pick it
1: up. This is not Emmy worthy production.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Like, no um Jane says the confessional. ali and i have discussed you know, a dog and i don't know how she's going to react when i bring you know my ex's fucking dog like so it's and it's like it, i was so confused because it's like they, we did get a scene of them discussing getting a dog but like when they actually bring graham into the house it doesn't feel like ali's like prepared the conversation like like it just yeah. feels like very sprung upon and that's a problem um, Ariana and Katie are in the car. Ariana, oh my god! Apparently, every things are not going well with the restaurant because Ariana confessional goes. I don't want to say things at the restaurant are shitty right now, but someone did just poop on our patio. And apparently there was some random pooper who just, like, took a shit on the patio. How much
1: do you want to bet that shit's Sandoval? Can
0: they? I was like, get fucking ca- get fucking hidden cameras or the security cameras up. I, that would be some shit that Sandoval would do, literally. Absolutely. Like, like, yeah. I would not put it past them. So they're apparently having issues with, like, permitting the patio and, like, making it ADA compliant and all that stuff, which they've detailed, like that that patio is apparently like a major sticking point. Apparently people who are like local to the area are like, the city is like constantly doing like different stuff with like the walkways and stuff like that to where it's like
1: Well, and um, I think it was Emily from She Speaks. I think Uh, She's Speaking. um, Who, you know, she's talked about living in that area for a while and she's like, West Hollywood is its own government and whenever they get Any amount of surplus money, they redo the roads, right? And so it's constant. It's constantly redoing that street right there that they're on. And I'm like, then maybe they shouldn't have put their. Yeah, I get that it's the main thoroughfare, and that's where you're going to get a lot of business. But it's got to be hell trying to keep get that place open. Honestly,
0: at this point, I'd be pissed at Lisa.
1: Yeah. Honestly,
0: Ariana's as a professional. There's just so much logistical red tape that the city's throwing at us, and like I would ask, who do I have to blow at City Hall to grease the rails a little bit? But it's West Hollywood; they're all gay. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this gonna kind of have a problem. Uh, send some, like you you have like a gay friend. You have a bunch of gay friends, Ariana. Maybe I don't know. That's kind of pimping out someone, but whatever. <laughs>
1: but it's for I'll the be, restaurant. I'll be pimped out. Give me a call.
0: Yeah, let's go. Katie's like. While everyone's in Tahoe, we should just, like, heist the wine glasses from Pump or whatever. That, from
1: Honestly, the, yeah.
0: Pump's clearing out. So, But they're talking about the trip. And Katie goes, my FOMO level of missing this Tahoe trip is at zero. I'm not even sure Tom Schwartz thinks it's a good idea to bring everyone together. I think he's just such a people pleaser that he doesn't want to leave anyone out.
1: Yeah, honestly.
0: I mean, or he's again, or it's, I think it's also more Lisa. I mean, maybe it's Schwartz's idea, who ne- but like, I feel like it was also Lisa being like, you need to, organ- like, this is on you, Schwartz, and it's like, don't put it on fucking Schwartz.
1: Yeah, because you know he's not going to fight her on it. Yeah, of course not.
0: Ariana says, I have to respect my boundaries. Like, I'm not going to be loyal to people that don't reciprocate that. So again, totally reasonable, and the, and the idea that we would portray that as Anything other than reasonable is fucking crazy because yeah. And Ariana, I hope you're seeing now there is no loyalty. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I think it's going to happen more next week based on the preview. But like Lala and Sheena in like the past couple weeks showing up to her, you know, on, on Broadway at Chicago and like, you know, and then, but then knowing the shit that they said on the after show and like within. Fuck off, fuck off, guys. Sorry, that's
1: yeah. There, it's it's such fucking bullshit. It's all PR.
0: Yeah, James uh, brings Graham home to Allie, and Allie's like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, can't believe it. But then, so Allie already has a cat named Mister Banks, and she's like, "Yeah, he's like never met a dog before." And she's like, "I love cats, and they're just like easy and independent. So, like, getting a dog, it's like getting a child. Like, it's it's much more to handle." I. Again, really, like, it, a lot of this I can just blame on Lisa Vanderpump at this point. Because it's not really James's fault, right? Right. Like, it's it's Lisa for giving
1: him this dog like, without, like... what is, she, what is he going to do? Right. Just say, no, keep him? Yeah, that's going to make him look like the asshole, right? Right. So it's like, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, even if there's not cameras, I'm not... You're not reuniting me with the animal that I used to own. Yeah, And me not take it with me. That's not like, that's inhumane as hell. Right. I'm that's not happening. So he didn't really have a choice, but to take it home.
0: Yeah. Allie asked him for Kel knows. And she's like, she's going to want him back. And he goes, she doesn't get him back. He's our dog. If we, you know, we want him, you know, it's, she's our, he's our dog. If we want him, you know, it's property of Lisa Vanderpump. And Allie goes, that's mean. James is like, is that mean? Allie's like, like if someone took banks from me after I lost everything, but it's like. That's not really what happened. Yeah, that's like, not what happened She gave at all. up the dog. Whatever reason she gave to give up the dog, whatever. But, like, it's not like the... It's not like Lisa Vanderpump, you know, traversed Arizona. and Nobody then,
1: snuck into his house or her house like the Grinch and stole their dog. No.
0: <laughs> but I do... I feel bad for Allie because she says her confessional. Last year, I had to deal with her so much, and now she's gone, and now her dog's here. And I'm like, damn, I can't get rid of this girl. It's like honestly Out, just the stench of I, that sounds mean but like the stench of rachel is just like overcoming this household still and like Graham and mr banks are like barking or like yelling yipping at each other through the glass um and like i was like oh god we got to get him like training and all that james says he doesn't hold on he just nips and now goes no that can't happen like just like what are you talking about james he just nips like no 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 um, yeah, so I feel, I feel bad for Allie, but it's like, uh, yeah. So Schwartz and, uh, Sandoval, like I mentioned, are going shopping. And this also, again, in real time, but again, this felt stage Schwartz gets pinged these like articles or whatever, because mm-hmm. I don't think these articles came out at the same time even, but whatever.
1: Well, he's saying that someone's sending him these, these headlines. Sure.
0: But like, so there's a headline about Rachel's name change. So she's going by Rachel now. And Sandoval goes, I knew about the Rachel thing. You know, it wasn't my place to reveal it. If you don't get the fuck out of here right now, it it wasn't my place to reveal it. But you can reveal the fact that she was on the verge of suicide because of the NEMA interview.
1: Yeah. Now we're getting precious about other people's private information. Give
0: me a literal fucking break, dude. I'm sorry. Just Ridiculous. Uh, He gets another, Schwartz gets another ping and then it says that she's out of the mental health facility. Sandoval goes, I knew she was out. I mean, I went to send her a text message instead of it like going through green and went through blue. That means her phone was turned back on. It's like, well, it also could mean that she unblocked you because she definitely blocked him at some, like usually if you get a green, it also means blocked. Yeah. At least to my understanding. Uh, and then, oh my god, they, because fu- so Sandoval then decided to send her a text. The The text reads, hey, I don't know if you're out yet, you're spelled you are, but just wanted you spelled you to know I'm thinking of you spelled you, and I hope you are doing okay the man is fucking 40 years old. I, this, normally, this wouldn't matter to me, and I understand that it's nitpicky, but it's like the way this man portrays himself. You're 40 fucking years old. Fucking spell the word.
1: Yeah. It's honestly not hard.
0: And it's also, like, it's one thing also even to just spell you instead of Y-O-U. To, sell, to spell U-R instead of Y-O-U-R, you're doing it for presentation's sake, and dude, no one thinks you're fucking 20 still. It's not fucking working. Come on. Uh, Sandoval says this confessional. I think once I didn't hear from Rachel on my birthday, I started to really think that something's going on. And she was purposefully not talking to me. Oh, you got the hint now? It wasn't your conversation with her? Sandoval then says, she doesn't want to face the world. And Schwartz goes, I mean, I don't blame her. I didn't want to face the world and I wasn't even part of it. <laughs> you Shut world. the fuck up! Number one, shut the fuck
1: up. Number two, yes, you
0: fucking were. Any chance Swartz can get me. like I wasn't a part of it. By the way, I wasn't a part of it. Fuck off. Also, Sandoval being like, she doesn't want to face the world. She, I guarantee you, he's going to spin this as like, well, she doesn't want to take culpability. So she's distancing. Like, it's all for PR sake that she's not like reciprocating my love. Fuck you fuck you
1: but then also somehow it's going to become ariana's fault for driving her away
0: exactly that's going to be part two of that right so we also should keep in mind too, um present day because literally today as we're recording this podcast um so news has now come out oh yeah that rachel is suing sandoval fine and ariana not fine for the revenge porn stuff. Girl, I was, I was on your side for the last couple of weeks. I was getting on your fucking side. I genuinely was opening like my heart in terms of like you being in a better place and et cetera. You including Ariana on that lawsuit is so fucking nasty and so unnecessary. I don't care whether you think she shared it. Cause that's all you have that you think she shared it. According to you on that podcast, you're like, well, some people were saying what the video was and what
1: you could get from a physical description without actually having seen it.
0: Yeah, you have no like other than conjecture. You don't have evidence that Ariana sent out the video to other people. One, because it would have gotten online.
1: I believe right. if that was the case, you know, full well, if Sheena had gotten her hands on that video, it would have been everywhere. One
0: thousand percent. And also like, yes, she saved the video on her own phone to then send to you. She made it very fucking clear. She did that because she didn't want Sandoval to delete it and then gaslight her after the fact. Right. First off, whether that was the right thing to do or not, but that's also the situation that Sandoval put Ariana in. Right. So that's on him. And two, she Ariana has said, I made it clear to her and to her attorneys and all of her legal representation that I deleted the video. It was not shared with anyone. I gave them proof. that She basically, I, I gave them proof of that. So... The idea that you're still including her in the lawsuit, lawsuit is horseshit. Also, the lawsuit includes,
1: quote-unquote, eavesdropping. Which I didn't know. Was that a crime? No, actually. It's not. Um, but I also would like to note that this is the third Bravo celebrity yeah. in a row that has close ties with Bethany Frankel who has come out with a lawsuit. Yeah
0: ridiculous. And you clearly can tell Bethany's gotten in her head in terms of, like, the conspiracy. Like, when you read the stuff about Bravo in the lawsuit, it just reads like conspiracy theory to me. Yeah. It really does. And it's like, you have like, that's... Bravo didn't... You fucking cheated. You you fucking had an affair with your best friend's man. You did. And so now to include her in that lawsuit, is just a real fucking slap in the face, extra. And like... And also, by the way, fuck you Tom Sandoval, because you put... Ariana in this mess even further now. Yeah. So go fuck yourself. Like you said, had every right to sue Tom because what he did was unethical and illegal.
1: And honestly, I feel like she also is suing her as part of this to create problems with her trying to be on Broadway yeah, because you know her schedule is not to where she could just go and appear in court.
0: It's just nasty. There's no reason to do- let Ariana fucking go. Like the idea that you're putting them on the same level in that lawsuit, just from a, a general standpoint is fucked up. Ariana did nothing to you, Rachel. Sorry. She did nothing to you yeah. at the end of the day.
1: I, at this point, this is how my brain is, is going with this. Is that there's either one or two, one of two motivations. Mm -hmm. Either they are trying to, and I I think this is more Brandy's thought process, is throw a bunch of other lawsuits out there so that the Caroline lawsuit falls away. Clearly. And or it loses any. Actual value because people will see all of these as frivolous lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the Brandy. There's the Caroline lawsuit against Brandy and Bravo. Then there's the Brandy lawsuit against Bravo and Andy. Then there's the um, uh, fucking who's the other one from Ro, Moni? From oh, Leah McSweeney. Leah McSweeney is now suing uh, Bravo and Andy. No, like not the, Andy. Andy's not mentioned in that one. I
0: think he is, but it's under the RICO statute, which is just like, what the fuck?
1: Racketeering? Like, this is Get not the over mob. yourself. It's reality
0: <laughs> television. It's not like, like, you signed a contract that had, you know what reality television is. I'm sorry. You know what it is.
1: Yeah. Stop acting like you didn't know what you signed up for. It's ridiculous. Like, fuck off. And Yeah, it's so So stupid. It's just, to me, it's it's an attempt to either overwhelm uh Bravo with all these lawsuits, right, or it's an attempt to discredit caroline's i looking more and more legitimate to me, yeah. Um, but, what a, but what a stupid
0: contradicting argument. I said this to you of like, how can Brandy fucking be like Andy Cohen sexually harassed me by making a joke uh, with Kate Chastain on a video call with me which according to reports she then followed up with a joke about I'll get my dildo because it
1: was clearly a joke between friends whether right.
0: whether yes the line with Andy being a boss and what, like whatever. But
1: also Andy's not a boss and he's not Kate's boss yeah. and Brandy was not on a Brandy was on Peacock at yeah. the time. Not anything on Bravo. Sure, but like
0: but that. Like you have all that, right? That you that you're trying to claim was sexual harassment against you, and not just jokes between friends, right? That clearly have a similar humor because you. That is your humor, Brandy. Right. It is, and that that's sexual harassment. But like, yeah, I like made out with Caroline, and like you know, but it's like the, it wasn't a big deal. Like how you can hold those two thoughts in your head doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, at so, all. So I just feel like this is all just a media storm to make Bravo look bad, headed spearheaded by Bethany. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Because why are all these happening at the same time? Otherwise, it's so
0: clear. It's it's obvious. It's it's, it's like Bethany, you're not you're not like if you're not that smart, you're not that smart. Um, Sandoval, they're talking about the trip, and Sandoval goes yeah, I'm going to be bringing like my cheery, happy energy. And then it shifts at one point. He literally goes, Hey, do you guys have any knives? And then he is playing with this like pocket knife that the store has. And then they have these like hatchets. Well, the place is called
1: hatchet something. Yeah.
0: And it's like, they were really leaning into the, like, Oh, he's like, like he's lost it. (laughs) Like, like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen on this trip. And it's like, if you're acknowledging that, like that's a problem. Uh, (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh my God! This scene. We then go to Sheena and Brock as they're going bathing suit shopping for Sheena for the trip. This scene was wild. Wild. Brock. Uh. Is, oh my. Brock makes a comment about like I have some party pants similar to that. So you know we could wear that together or whatever. It's like don't do the matching shit. I hate their. He is a hot man. We'll get to it later. But like I hate their couple. I find them. I don't like either of them. To be honest, for no. different reasons. Um. I think they're both
1: just not, they're both very pretty on the outside and very ugly inside. Yeah. That
0: part, um, Sheena says she's having a lot of anxiety about the trip and like being with Sandoval and all that stuff. And it's combining with her OCD and all that stuff and like having to be, you know, leave summer moon. Um, she's basically, so Tori is no longer going to be able to nanny for them because the other family that Tori nannies for her, the mother apparently went into labor. So now she's having to take care of a newborn, And so it's just not going to work out in that regard. And so Brock's like, great. We just lost a fucking nanny that I've been like, Brock's literally like, I've been pushing for that. Like, he's so obsessed with this of like, I've been demanding this for like, however many long, however long or whatever. Um, I, here's the thing. Like, yes, I get it. But also like, it's one thing that's just like, want it. for dates. This is where I, I, I get frustrated with it. It's like, if you want a nanny so you can go out on dates and like have alone time as a couple, fine. I understand that you deserve that. But it also feels like you kind of want to still be like the partiers, right? You still want to go to Coachella and like do all that. And it's like, sometimes when you have a kid, you can't do that all the time
1: also you're 40 i don't know how old is. is brock 40 he might be younger maybe but not much not much but Him like she and Sheena are both older than me yeah
0: i just don't think like i i think that if it's that in response to like you having a child it's like well then you're not responsible to have a child just my opinion like but i don't know um, Brock goes. I mean, it'd be best for us to find somebody outside of your friends and you know your mother that can actually be professional about doing that job. Sheena clearly either I don't know what it is. Like she either doesn't want to talk about it on camera or something, or because Brock brings this up and Sheena then tells the store tenant, "Yeah, you want me to try these on?" Like it felt like just ignoring what Brock is saying in a weird fucking way.
1: Yeah, it felt like it felt like maybe either she didn't want to do it on camera or she would rather have the argument. On camera, but alone, like, not in public.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that part I understand. Because, God, that poor store attendant. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, and did you a stomach churn when, like, knows is, like, trying on these bathing suits? And Brock's like, yeah, that looks good. She's like, yeah, but I still have this. And she pinches her stomach. Yeah. And there was, like, there's, like...
1: Ma'am, There's that's, no fat there. That's where your uterus goes. Brock Larry goes, you
0: had a kid there. What are you talking about? Like, Yeah. Like, girl, like Sheena, I know you're vain, but come on. Brock just keeps getting more annoyed, though. And as much as I'm, I don't know what the argument stands, because I think a lot of it is like off camera that we don't have knowledge of. But I don't love the way Brock talks to Sheena here personally yeah. she she's like I think she's in the dressing room she goes I think green might be my thing and Brock goes let's do that and maybe you can tell me why I can't get a nanny apart from your mom and your family because I'm not having your mom around 24/7 for the rest of our lives he's really pissed at this mom by the way he he hates Sheena's mom
1: I think and from what he says here in a second I think it's more that he has a problem with the way that her mom speaks to her right and he seems to insinuate that her mom's the way that her mom treats her has um contributed to some of the postpartum ocd that she's dealt with uh-huh. and the feelings of self-worthlessness and all of that um so if that's why he's upset and that's why he doesn't want her to be the person who is around all the time taking care of their daughter and possibly speaking that same view into her. And... Oh
0: yeah. Cause that's what, that was my thing where I was like, I don't know how it relates to the nanny thing. Right. It's like, it's one thing to not want her around the house where you're
1: there. Right. You know what I mean? And like, being... but if also if her mom is over there all the time looking after, summer moon then she's gonna have comments about you know you should really do this differently around the house you know this is not how you're you know should be raising your child okay
0: but worry about that in two years when like summer moon is like
1: (laughs) you know well but but i mean she's gonna then have critique of sheena and how she is mothering you know what i mean possibly
0: like, he doesn't explicitly go as far as to that part. But that but, seems
1: to be what he's insinuating.
0: Yeah, I yeah. Sheena's like, I didn't say 24-7. I'm saying when we have trips, I'm not leaving her with some nanny. Brock goes, not from day one, but hopefully if we build, like, a good relationship. And Sheena goes, yeah, maybe, like, a year from now. Brock goes, but you got to take the steps to do that. And it's not hiring your friends to come over for an hour. And he's, like, raising his voice at her in a way that's just, like. But it's, like, what? also, what does it matter if it's her friends? Like, like it's one thing about, like, the mom, fine, but, like, her friends can't even, I don't get it. Sheena goes, I don't understand why you're trying to fight with me over this. And Brock goes, I'm trying to figure out why you feel no one else can do the job as a nanny. And Sheena goes, there is no reason. And, and Brock goes, there is a fucking reason. Because you're paranoid from your mom. You're paranoid that your mom doesn't make you good enough. So your mom doubles down and reminds you you're not good enough as a parent. And makes you want not want to have that belief in anybody else. It's like, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, This, this feels like it's an argument that has been had. It has constantly been had. And, and maybe it's, it's just not getting Maybe through. it's because
0: we didn't see a lot of their relationship last season. Right? Which is
1: weird because we literally saw their wedding, the wedding. last
0: season. <laughs> but it's like, it feels, this feels like a longstanding issue that we're just yeah. now learning about. Yeah. And th- that's the other problem where it's like, is it that Sheena's hiding stuff? You know what I mean? Like, is she hiding the issues? I heard, like, rumors that, like, they are not good right now. Like, that, that like, like people being like, I saw them, like, in public and, like, they don't seem lovey at all. And like, yeah. so I don't know. Like she like, it's weird that we're arguing in a store. And Brock goes, it's not weird. Sheena goes, yes, it is Brock. I'm not arguing with you in front of people. We don't know in a store. <laughs> Jeez. And, and then Brock goes, that's optics. What? Like, yeah. Like, it's again. I'm not gonna argue with you. Like, if you if we were arguing in a store, my instinct is like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm not like yeah. looking like an idiot arguing with somebody
1: like in public. Well, but it's also, I think that his arg his statement there of that's optics is. That's not a good reason to end this conversation because all you fucking care about is how it looks. Sure. You don't actually care about what we're talking about. Maybe. That's possible. That's what I'm getting from him. I don't really want to like be on the side of Brock is right here, but I can't I'm finding it hard to argue against him.
0: Yeah sheena like storms out or whatever brock's like you make it awkward sheena and sheena's like just stop talking jesus like <laughs> it's it's a mess so we then go so everyone's getting ready for lake tahoe oh my god fucking sandoval has ann come into the room and go do you think this outfit will help if i like get stabbed or like punched or like bloodied up i'm sick of this like yes dude everyone's looking to fight you like that's like when when he when he cries later it's like, dude, nobody cares that much. I, I, like, they don't like you, but they don't want to punch you in the fucking face.
1: Yeah. it. They just mm. don't want to
0: be around you. That should be worse in your mind, but, like, he's just a martyr and a victim, and it's stupid. Yeah, I can't stand it. Lisa, uh, oh, my God. So... Lisa is bringing Graham on the private jet because they couldn't. They ran out of time to, like, get Graham on the flight with, like, James and Allie. Also, fucking Graham on this flight and Ken, full mouth open, snoring on this private plane. <laughs> Ken's just being wheeled around at this point. I'm sorry. Oh, poor Ken. Um, so, it, but it does actually seem like we were wrong that this was, seemingly, that this wasn't, like, a
1: a refilming at Vanderpump
0: Dogs. Like this was. Yeah. I think it was just reported wrong.
1: Yeah, probably. But it just that scene at Vanderpump Dogs still feels a little wooden. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Allie and James are talking about bringing Graham and Allie's like, I think like Sandoval is going to shit himself when he sees Graham. And James goes, do you think he hung out with Graham a lot? And Allie goes, probably more than we think. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I wanted to pay close attention of like, did he run to Sandoval? Probably not, because was a dickhead.
1: <laughs> well, but also, like, we know that Graham was there on the hot tub night when yeah. when Schwartz was there, when Ariana was at her grandfather's—grandfather or grandmother? Grandmother. Grandmother's funeral. Like, we know that, that Graham was there. Don't
0: you ever wish we had the technology
1: to, like, speak to dogs? Because I would love to know what Graham saw. I, honestly, like, I need that interview.
0: So they fly to Lake Tahoe. we can, oh my God, Lisa's doing it already in Tahoe, and she's doing a full fucking photo shoot for Wolf by Vanderpump with a with fucking wolves fucking
1: gorgeous puppies they're pretty.
0: some of them look like dogs, like genuinely, they didn't look too much like wolves, but like
1: well, I mean, but like wolves, huskies, akitas uh look very similar, yeah.
0: Okay, Sandoval then calls Lisa on FaceTime. Lee, uh, th- I hated this moment. And th- again, the, they wanted us to believe that this was a moment. They really did. Lisa goes, tell me life is good with you. Ta- Sandoval goes, everything's good so far. Like, I got to the airport, and I'm sitting at a bar, like, just having food. She was like, hey, we're over here. I'm like, whoa. Like, it was, like, very surprising. He then takes his sunglasses off no tears come out but he gets like choky he goes i was like hey like 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 how's it going like it's it, it's just really awesome like fuck off with this like, 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 like fuck. the way on the after show like shanival is like crying again retelling the story and they cut the sheena and lala and Sheena's
1: like we were just like hi <laughs> They're like, I don't know why it's a big deal. Literally, like, the only person who actually engaged with him was Brock. Right. We see it. Like, it's like,
0: who cares? Like, Lisa goes, keep it going with this good energy. Let's not attack. Okay. And Sandoval goes, I'll do everything I can, which is such giving him an out. Because we know he fucking later on this trip starts attacking. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but he does this. So he did it with, like, he couldn't get any tears out. Right. He then puts the glasses back on after hanging up with Lisa. Schwartz then goes, I mean, get a little humanity from the gang, huh? I mean, you haven't got much of that in the past five months. And Sandoval goes, no, man, I haven't. He then takes the glasses off again a second time. And now he has tears. Mm -hmm. He couldn't get it out the first time, but he needed that moment to show on camera that he had tears. And he fucking cries again in the fucking confessional and going, so I'm sorry. Um, And like, it's just like, dude, calm. Down. No one buys this.
1: And this fucking shitty ass green blazer. Why, uh,
0: why, try and wipe whatever. He's like, Schwartz is like, let it out. Just get a, he- you know, getting a hello from people disgusted by your very essence. Fuck. Off. I'm, I'm tired of this. It doesn't even, here's the, here's my problem with it. It doesn't even make any sense. Sheena texted him when his friend died. Yeah. He was an asshole to her. Sheena had a full conversation with her. It's not like the first time you're talking to Sheena in five months, right? You already had a conversation with her, her, right?
1: I I, just... Where mm -hmm. she
0: expressed to you in the conversation, no one wants to see you hurt, right? She already expressed that to you. So this one moment where she says hi in the airport leaves you bawling? Like... Hey, Bravo, we're not idiots. We're not fucking stupid.
1: Yeah. Stop, stop trying to rehab. Like we're done. We,
0: I don't think I showed you watch what happens like, but again, another time when Andy's like, like is, literally like is Sandoval, you know, genuine in his apology to James or is he just being an asshole? And it's so like 68% says he's an asshole. And Andy's like, so they say no, but it's not a landslide. It's not a landslide. It's not a landslide. It 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 literally would be a decisive in any other poll. Literally, it's two thirds of people. Fuck off! Fuck off this show. Okay, so they arrive at the house. Uh, Brock in this fucking speed. This is where we were talking about before. Like, god damn, Brock! Like, fucking, like that. The thing is thangin' like <laughs> and from every angle. Mm. When he get when he jumps in the water like it was just like <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I,
1: I felt very much like uh Wendy Williams when she faded on set. <laughs> yeah. It was like ho oh, oh. ho
0: oh like and then fucking sheena and so they're in the room or whatever and then sheena and brock are getting into this argument about laundry again because of like he apparently washed something and like got his stuff pink or whatever that was white and so they're literally arguing about it and Sheena's like i'm just saying don't do something if you're gonna fuck it up and brock's like well i guess the lesson is whoever's in charge of the laundry should do the laundry and they're like having this full fucking fight it's like Sheena, Sheena's saying that it's just in a moment where everything's just pissing her off about Brock, which is probably accurate, but,
1: you know. Uh, by the way, Sheena is 37. <laughs> what is that? I was like, what are you looking up? <laughs> like, oh, the, I was trying to find pictures of Brock from this episode. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, like, okay. Like, what? We're, we're an
1: audio podcast,
0: babe. Just for your satisfaction?
1: Uh, Yes. <laughs> I wanted to have details to reference. <laughs> oh, um, oh, right. But I did happen across an article that had her name listed and sure. age.
0: San, okay. Uh, San, oh, my God. So Brock's in the kitchen. <laughs> Sandoval comes out and goes, how's it going? Ooh, I like that. What? I genuinely believe the uh, the rumor that he's like closeted.
1: He's he's probably and pansexual. And he's and... like
0: manifesting it in these like really abusive ways. Like uh-huh. you know what I mean. Like because I but I don't get why he's in West Hollywood. Why can't he come out? Honestly, he's he was with Ariana for ten years. who was openly bisexual. Yeah, just uh, crazy to me. Um, Brock asks how he's doing, and Sandoval goes, "This was so weird." Sandoval goes. I'm just living in the moment right now. And Brock goes, yeah, it's like hard to live in the moment when, and Sandoval cuts him off and goes, I want to live in the moment. Excuse me? Like why? It was like weirdly with tone. And I was like, it was almost as if he was, the only thing I could interpret that is like, I want to live in the moment means like.
1: Nobody else is allowed to reference the past.
0: Yeah. And we're, and like, it's nice enough right now. So I just want to act as though like we're all nice. Yeah. As opposed to deal with anything. That's exactly what it is. Brock then goes, I think it's hard for the whole group to get through this weekend. Like, none of them have felt heard because all you had, you know, was to defend your actions, right? And Sandoval goes, Brock, like, I don't want to go here, man. Like, I really don't. What did you want? Like, what is he expecting with this? Well, well, we find out in this confessional. It's like, what are you expecting, dude? Like. It's, 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 this man is dumb. Brock goes. You put everyone's friendship in a very difficult position. Sandoval then goes, what I did was horrible. But neither Raquel nor I did anything out of any malicious intent. Bullshit. But we felt that things were done towards us with very specific malicious intent. Bullshit. Fuck you. Like, what's your... Here's the thing, Sandoval. What's your evidence of that? What's your evidence of that? Other than you are a nice... Like the only evidence you have is that you live in your own bubble and your own world where you are the good guy and everyone else is the bad guy. That's the only way that it makes sense that you believe they had malicious intent.
1: That's called narcissism.
0: Yeah. It's literally, it's so ego driven. Yeah. Sandoval. Oh, James comes down. Sandoval's like, Hey James, like thanks for saying hi. Like at the airport, James is like, fuck off <laughs> thanks for saying hi fuck you <laughs> james is like yeah so i gotta go like do my hair real quick. Like my hair's being like crazy he just ignores it because he's, he's like he literally says like i'm being
1: cordial but like we're not friends like don't like stop like but also like stop making like a pointed like because it wasn't about saying it wasn't about like like mentioning how nice James was it was about digging to to Brock about how sad he is about how sad like it's disgusting I fucking hate this man Sandoval then says in his confessional I feel like
0: they're expecting me to come in and just grovel at their feet and beg for forgiveness um I don't know why you're not expecting that simply from the fact that's literally what Lisa told you to do at pump
1: Literally use the word grovel. Yeah. Show some humility. And you need to do a little groveling like, is what she said. Lisa
0: never was like, they're going to apologize to you, dude. Like it's on, she literally was like, it's on you. And it just went one in year and out the other. Well, yeah, he was too busy screaming at her. Yeah. But they're failing to acknowledge the way they came after me. Talking shit about me on social media.
1: Why did they come after you, Sandoval?
0: Why, why did that happen? Just randomly, for no reason? Selling merch. Hardcore pushing conspiracy theories on podcasts. What? I, I can't with him. This isn't just about them forgiving me. This is something we need to mutually move on from together. He's, we'll get to it with the James conversation at the end. My frustrations beyond the fact that he's a narcissist is that he thinks he's still the leader that we were talking about. Yeah. He thinks he's still the head. The, he's still the number one guy in the group. And the moral authority, right? Where it's like everyone should come to him. He's the one that decides what accountability is. Right. What the, like, he hasn't realized yet that because of what you've done. You are no
1: longer the arbiter. Yeah. It, like, it, it was never sh- really should have been. It was
0: shocking later, James sound more emotionally intelligent than he did. Yeah. And that is impressive for James fucking Kennedy.
1: And let's remember, James now is the age that Sandoval was in season one.
0: Yeah. And already sounds
1: ten it, times more mature than Sandoval has ever been. Yeah.
0: Whether he is that, like, don't get right. me wrong, he sounds like it and so like yeah it's crazy they all then are outside and sandoval goes by the way thank you all for being friendly to me i really appreciate it and i want to build on that so i'm having this girl shannon coming over tomorrow morning and she's going to do guided meditation some yoga brock's like i mean as corny as it is i think it's really phenomenal and sandoval goes i don't think it's corny at all (laughs) Of of course he got so offended by that and James is confessional going Mr. try hard, trying hard, you know, like
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it, James James calls it out perfectly, I feel. Like it's just performance. It's yeah. not like go to a fucking therapist. Talk like a normal human being. Treat people with humanity. Stop doing fucking yoga and like all this other shit.
1: Yeah. Like it, we don't need some like bit literally sit down and talk.
0: Yeah. Sandoval says guided meditation has been like a really solid replacement for alcohol for me. Like, I think I was like a functioning alcoholic. This apparently hits Lala because of her stuff. Lala says in her confessional hearing that Sandoval is working on himself. I think it's pretty admirable. He blew up his life face the issue. When, what are you talking about? Lala? When, what did he actually face? Yeah. Other than be front facing. Sure. But he didn't face the issue. And whether it's bullshit or not, who gives a fuck? We don't have to go to bed in his mind at night. You should give a fuck because you're friends with Ariana. Yeah. Because he's still torturing her.
1: Yep. To this day.
0: Like, fuck. Lala, you're so disappointing. Lisa shows up with Graham and James is like, guys, I have a little news. And then obviously Lisa shows them Graham and they're all shocked. James is thinking of changing Graham's name to hippie. As a tribute to his godfather, George Michael, whose dog was named Hippie. And so, he also mentions he never had a dog growing up. And I'm like, that also explains a lot, I feel, to me. like, yeah. In terms of this, like, relationships and, like, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that was probably a mistake.
1: Yeah. Well, but wasn't his, like, didn't they move around a lot? Because his dad was, like, on tour That's and probably stuff? why. But, yeah.
0: yeah. James goes... This is what happens when you can't handle it. You go away for a certain period of time. Anyway, he's my little buddy, and he's with me again. (laughs) I was like, you don't have to do that, James. James, (laughs) James, I think to a certain extent, needs to let Raquel go. Yeah. Um, Sandoval then says his confessional, I definitely know what James is saying in regards to Graham is not the case, but James is not in the headspace to hear what I have to say, and I definitely don't need to make any waves. Yeah, you literally don't have to advocate for Rachel at all. What are, you, what are you doing shut the fuck yeah, up yeah. she doesn't like you dude um i thought it was so great Allie then starts talking to sandoval just clearly just to get information yeah from like the time that he was with rachel oh yeah she Allie's like so she wants to be called rachel now because you know that's what i'm hearing and sandoval's like yeah she told me that a while ago Allie goes well if rachel can change her name why can't graham New start for everyone. <laughs> fucking. I love Allie. <laughs> she's like, so great. Like, I, the, I am team Katie, Ariana, and Allie this season. And, like, yep. that is it. It's like. Yep. Like, oh, it's perfect. So, like, they all jump in the lake. Um, she's like, I just washed my hair this morning. I'm not going to get in the water. <laughs> like, fuck off, Sheena. I'm so sick of you. Um, Brock looks amazing, as always. Uh, oh, and then that, la- that fucking last shot of Sandoval lying on the rocks with, like, the drone, like, can we just leave him there? He's he's like you can tell he set up that shot though. Like you oh, can yeah. tell he was like, you know, it looks so cool and look like I've grown like so much. Like <laughs> gross. Um, we then go back to L.A. and Ariana is facetiming with her home designer Lucinda um, to go over because she's getting basically an itinerary together of like the furniture and stuff like that. Right. She says in her confessional, like you know, I've come around to the idea of him having the house. But when I say the house, I mean the walls. I own the majority of this furniture here, and I need to be compensated for that so that I don't get taken advantage of. And that's my thing. It's like you can't tell me Ariana's not growing. Yeah. right? And whatever, growing. But it's like that she's not like set in her ways out of like ego and like hatred and like being a scorned woman or whatever. She's literally being like, fine, he can buy me out, but... I'm taking the furniture that I paid for and. Or at
1: the very least, being bought out for it.
0: Right. So, yeah. And oh my God. So we were. Th- I didn't realize that art piece that i was talking about before with sandoval and Uh that they should have taken down by now is made out of legos
1: i didn't realize that either
0: and lucinda tells her you know i did talk to the artist of the lego piece and he said if you wanted him to rework it where it's just you there's something he could do i was like fabulous perfect (laughs) do it yeah it's gonna be great um yeah back to tahoe schwartz gets stung by a bee
1: it's on the a, foot, right? Yeah,
0: and then he's, like, freaking out about it. He then
1: goes into the bathroom to pour whiskey on it, which it's, like... Like, okay, so I get why you would do rubbing alcohol. That's a good idea. But, the like, liquor has sugar in it. Yeah. That's not a good idea. No.
0: Um, Brock apologizes to Sheena about what happened at the bikini place and was like, I should be more aware of my surroundings and care about not just my feelings but yours. And she's like, I was in defense mode, and so like, and they seemingly make up, so yeah, that's nice enough. Okay, so they arrive at Wolf by Vanderpump, and it's in the construction phase and all that stuff. Um, Lisa makes a comment as she's like showing them everything and like the plan or whatever. She goes, We'll be on time, we'll be ready. And James goes, I mean, were you comparing that to someone making fun of fucking shorts and sandies? Yep. And Lisa goes, remember, you're on your best behavior. I'm like, Lisa, he's allowed. Like, So we can't make any jokes?
1: No digs?
0: No man. digs. Nothing. Sandoval's just perfect. Great. Whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> so Lisa then decides that, why don't you all take a whack at a wall at the wall with the sledgehammer or whatever? Maybe say something to like, get off your chest. Oh, no. So they, This feels like a Housewives game. It does. But it's also just... It, it, why don't we
1: just go around and say things that we're frustrated about? Maybe picture each other's faces.
0: Yeah. James Yale
1: should have looked after
0: Graham better, which is like, oh my God. Swartz goes, I don't want to be single at 40,
1: which then, then. That maybe treat people better.
0: Yeah. T- sorry. Sheena goes, motherfucking was straining on her. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it was great. And then Santa goes, wait, I'll do one. And they're building oh, this up. And he's just like, wait, let me do it
2: scumbags and
0: cheaters fuck worm with a mustache charles manson's son lala he's like and he's like way too into it and like way too obsessed and lost they're like laughing at him lala at one point goes how about you hit the wall for your actions though (laughs)
1: literally i get so frustrated with her because she goes back and forth yeah It's It's like I, you're worse than Sheena at this point with the flip flopping. Yeah,
0: it's like motherfucking scandal, and like throws the fucking hammer. Like it's just like, dude, you're stupid. Everything about him I hate. Everything about him. Also, they arrive. Then they go to dinner. They arrive at dinner. The way he just even walks in pisses me off. He's just because he looks. He's wearing like this, like what feels like a cowboy, like button up, like shirt, and he's just like straddling and fucking waving his arms so you know how with his shitty fucking sunglasses on
1: you know how a couple weeks ago when um Schwartz was on watch what happens live and Andy was like dude stop slouching you need to sit up and like have some confidence I'm like okay but Sandoval should be like cowering and slouching like he was in that chair reverse positions honestly because like yes does schwartz need some confidence like and actually like live like he gives a shit about himself yes probably um does sandoval need to like have an ounce of humility and maybe some shame about the actions he's taken hell fuck yes yeah like you should be crawling on the ground while everyone else is walking
0: Uh, they ask because Lisa brings up I thought it was so sad that Schwartz said he doesn't want to be single at 40 and so they're asking like Lala asks about Joe and on all that stuff Schwartz again downplays it and Schwartz goes I don't have the emotional capacity right now to be in a relationship I was like I couldn't have told you that years ago (laughs) like like, you know who knows that (laughs) fucking Katie that's why why she divorced your ass Sandoval then is like hey Brock and then takes a selfie with him (laughs) and goes I mean, I never take selfies for myself. Fucking
2: bullshit! <laughs> what the
0: fuck? Like he's such a dickhead. I hate him. And then Lisa decides to then go. You know what, James? This is the feel-good factor, okay? What is something you like about Sandoval? That fuck off, Lisa, for doing. Like I would have been if I was James. I would have been like Lisa. You 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 need to stop. Like
1: yeah, stop, honestly,
0: stop pushing this. And even Ta- Sandoval goes. That felt awkward, Lisa. Like, fuck off. He's just, like, ugh. Brock then asks, what's the situation with the house? And Sandoval goes, I mean, I gave her an offer to completely buy her out. Brock's like, you guys aren't talking, right? And Sandoval's like, yeah, I haven't spoken to her since the reunion. I would like to talk to her, but not if it's going to make her angry. I just don't want to do that. Again, like, putting it on her. Like, it's her anger that's keeping me from talking, you know, so, mm. And then Sheena says her confessional, I cannot imagine how hard it is for Ariana still living in this house with Sandoval. I'm having a hard time being at the same table. Then why aren't you cutting her any slack? Right. Then why? And not even just here. Months later. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Present day. Why are you making it about you still? It's, It's, have you, have you heard of Sheena? This, this is her MO. This is what she's done every day.
0: Yeah. They then, so they then head out from this restaurant to a bar, which is also a sit down. Like it's like a, another restaurant essentially.
1: Essentially. Yeah.
0: Lisa's not there. Sheena's like, cause they're talking about the guided meditation about, and James is like, act on your best behavior. So she doesn't have to like d- decipher anything. Sheena goes, I think we've been pretty chill and normal this trip. James makes a joke. Like, yeah, no one's thrown a drink in anyone's face yet. Totally as a joke. But is like, maybe they're going to throw a drink at me. Like, (laughs) I hate hate this season. I hate this man.
1: Yeah, but to be fair, if I was going to throw a drink on Sandoval, it would be the entire glass. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't, like, toss just the liquid. I would just chunk a highball at his face, and maybe there would be liquid in it, maybe not. But the glass is the point. right?
0: (laughs) Sandoval says his confessional. I know James well enough to know that through his childish behavior, he's hurt. Again, this is where I'm talking about. He thinks he's the authority, right? Right. And it's like, wh- he's not exhibiting childish behavior on this trip.
1: Right. I've not seen any... Like, yes, there has been behavior that shows that he is hurt. That part is true.
0: Are you talking about him, like, just not talking to you? Yeah. That's not childish.
1: Yeah. Like, That's- it's just... But it's, like, that. that's what's frustrating is that most narcissists, um, Sandoval included, have just enough knowledge of um, psychology and, like, therapy language to weaponize it. Yeah. And that's what he's doing here. He can read clearly that James is hurt and he's upset and you know, all of those things. But then he's going to weaponize that against James as if he then needs to pity James. Yeah, It's like, no, fuck you. Right.
0: So they po- go off to the side or whatever to have a conversation. When you talk about that therapizing language, of the game, yes. it's all here in this oh, conversation. Yes. Sandoval goes, I don't want to cause any problems or create hostility.
1: Then why did you uh, cheat on your girlfriend? Okay.
0: I just want to coexist. When it went down, I was scared to talk to you. It was just overwhelming. Putting it on James. Right. I was scared to talk to you because you're off the wall and you're unhinged. Notice it's the same thing he did to Ariana to justify the affair. Yep. James then catches him and goes, it doesn't give you an excuse to deceit and betray. (laughs) And people, as much as like James, I, I will say is... Correcting all this argument and actually th- says some astute things. He definitely is a little ornery. Like he, sure, but it's James. He might have gotten into Andy's stash. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, maybe.
0: A little, it's just that vibe. Sandoval goes, I never and nor did she mean to hurt anybody. And James goes, Nobody wants to hurt anybody, but you knew it would.
1: Right. That's it. A- like if you want to say, fine, you didn't want to hurt anybody, but you still. Did it knowing that this would happen.
0: Right. So that doesn't matter then.
1: And it would be one thing if this was after the one night where you got locked out of your house. Yeah. Like, if that was the only thing that happened, fine. But this went on for seven months. Yeah. Under everyone's nose. You can't explain that away. There is no rationale. There is no reasoning There is no logicking. There is no excuses. He's going to try though. (laughs) Like it just, there's not. Sandoval then
0: goes, what was ever going to come of this that couldn't possibly be catastrophic? Then don't do it. Like Whatever. James then goes, you don't think if you were smart enough, you would have ended things with Ariana and actually made things work out with Raquel without things blowing up. And then he goes, it's so easy for people to say that. And James goes, if you really wanted to, you'd walk out that door, you would say what what you have to say, look her in the eye, buh-bye, shut the fucking door. It just comes down to not being able to man up and leave the relationship. Yes. Yes! And, like, Sanibal, like, that's, with this conversation, and he never cops to this, he keeps acting as though there was no other choice. Right. It was the inevitable outcome, right, that he would hook up with Raquel. And he's saying it in the, in, like, the Nick Vile thing of, like, when he makes the comments about, like, her with, like, the whipped cream bikini from, like, uh, whatever that movie is. He, I, he does so many movie references, I lost in my head. But, like, portraying her as, like, a temptress, right? Like, he's saying that I was inevitably moved in this way and I had no control over what I did.
1: Real life isn't Hollywood, motherfucker. Yeah, this isn't a script.
0: Sandoval goes. Ariana and I had built our entire life together. It might be easy for you to do that, and James goes, "If it's what you wanted, it's if that was what you really wanted." And that's James saying, "I don't believe that's what you really wanted." No.
1: He wanted to have his cake
0: and eat it too. He wanted to, Ariana said it after the fact. She's like, I think he wanted the double life. I think he liked that. Yeah. I think he got off on that. Yeah. And I think that's entirely true because I would go back to the Howie Mandel podcast because I feel like that was before he really honed, even though the, his messaging still sucks, honed some of the messaging. Because in the Howie Mandel podcast, he, he, he mentions like eight or nine times them being a brand, right? Right. He, notice he doesn't say that anymore. Right, he kept, He keeps being like, "We were a brand together. Like we were a brand. You know, we had built this brand." I think he he loved, quote unquote, or just was tempted by, or just like you know, wh- whatever. He didn't love Rachel, but like he like you know, right, got off on her or whatever. He wanted that, but he wanted Ariana because he knew the brand. Like he knew like. They represented the perfect – he, in his mind, represented the perfect couple on television. And they were – they weren't just the number one – he wasn't just the number one guy in the group. They were the number one couple. They led everything. They – you know what I mean? Yeah. And and Ariana didn't think that way. She thought she was in a real relationship.
1: Yeah. Well, and and something that you said about him constantly referencing movies and whatnot made me just make the connection that he – functions as if he is living in a movie. Yeah. Everything he does, he thinks is scripted. He thinks it is predetermined. He had no choice. He had to fall for the for the tempting girl because that's how any movie star would happen. Mm-hmm. That's how it would happen in any movie. This is how it would happen. He's obsessed. There is something clearly wrong with this man. genuinely, And that is not, like, as an excuse for his behavior. That is a – that is just me going, normal people don't act like this.
0: Yeah. James then goes – because there's, like, silence. But then James goes, do you think you're going to be with her now after she comes back? Talking about Raquel. And Sandoval goes, dude, I don't know, man. I'm basically torn between resentment and love.
1: But three seconds ago, you were waiting for her.
0: Right. But also, what do you... Resentment to her? Is that what he's saying?
1: Well, yeah, for tempting him. For giving him no choice. He's wild. He
0: doesn't understand how that comes across. Like, Jesus. James then goes, was it all worth it? And Sandoval goes, I don't know. And James then goes, sorry to hear that, bro. Like, because it's like, what, do you, what is that answer? I don't know if it was all worth it. That makes you think that, like... You think in the back of your head it might have been worth it?
1: Yeah, but but that's what I'm. That's what I mean. Everything is cinematic, like that. The, even that response, the way that he crafts sentences, right, is very much in an in an epic, you know, romance. You know, this is a a spiel that someone would give in a movie. Yeah, everything like the, that realization is just like it changes the way that I see him. And
0: I don't know if he's framing it as like, I don't know if it might've been worth it because I'm now out of this relationship with Ariana, which I hated, I guess. And which shitty for her to hear, like again, as if you care about her, like, are you saying that? Or are you, I feel like I got the sense of like underlying being like, maybe it was worth it because I'm the biggest villain in history. I I think he savors yeah. being the villain. I'm sorry, I I genuinely think he does. There was a part in the New York Times. Uh, he gets interview, off on the attention. Yeah, there was a part in the New York Times interview where the writer makes a point of being like he talks about like the depressive elements and all that stuff. But then he's like, "But the show's really successful. It's really cool to see like the like. Can you believe it? How successful the show is? I think he gets off on it. Yeah. I really think he does. And how do you fix that? How do you give that guy a redemption? You how don't. then, like, if he wants to be the villain, let him be the fucking villain. I'm sorry, Bravo, you need to go back and, like, re edit these episodes.
1: Yeah, like, this, for,
0: for what you really... have coming up. Because, like, if he wants to be the villain, let him be the fucking villain.
1: It's no, it's, it's, mm mm, mm mm.
0: Sandoval then says in his confessional, it wasn't just about being with Rachel. It was also about getting out of a relationship that I know wasn't suiting my life.
1: What wasn't suiting your life?
0: Being held accountable? Because he says the path that I was on was not a good path. It needed to change. That's the only sentence I agree with. But he thinks what he thinks is the change that needs to happen and what the actual change is is incorrect. He thinks the change is like he can be independent and free and be, you know, take mushrooms, enjoy life, blah, blah, blah. Which is so, again, you're acting as if there wasn't another person in the relationship, right? Right. Wild. But also, it's like, dude, you're right. You do need it to change. And that's what Ariana was trying to get you to do. Right. She was trying to get you to grow up. She was trying to get you to advance as a human being where you weren't dependent on alcohol. You weren't dependent on vices. You weren't dependent on, like, these thrills in life or whatever. And you could settle down and maybe have kids with her. And you didn't want to do that. No. <sighs> James goes, you were meant you know, to be the most trustworthy dude. You were the guy, you know, I know. And Sam was like, I know, dude, James, like we were bros, man. We've gone through a lot. And Sandoval was like, and I'm sorry for discount discounting that. Well, like what he did at the, which I don't like at the reunion, like where he literally was like, we, we only hang out for like once a month or whatever, blah, blah, blah. James like accepts the apology, but I actually don't think he accepts it. Like I actually, I got the vibe from James that it's like, I'm going to say now I accept the apology because Lisa is telling me to, and we need to move the show along. Yeah. I don't think he believes Sandoval's apology. I don't think he feels it's coming from a
1: genuine place. I don't think he knows. Like, I think he's just tired. He's just tired of fighting it. Or he's contractually obligated. Like, well, But that's what I mean. He's he's tired of fighting production on this. He's tired of fighting, you know, Lisa on this. He just wants to not have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Sandoval
0: then goes, I can't obviously take back what I've done. And I have to accept what I did and just basically embrace it and be like, yo, don't ever do that shit again, you fucking idiot. And he chuckles. And James goes, right. Like, because <laughs> he's like. That's not the thing you're supposed to do. Like, no. You're not supposed to embrace it. <sighs> what are you talking about? James is just like, this guy has lost it. Like, Completely. I really think so. He won't say it, but it's just like, there's nothing there. It's like wild. That was Vanderpump Rules. I, uh, Oh, my God. I, I, it seems like Sandoval and Lala get into it next episode. That should be at least somewhat fun that someone's going to yell at him that we're like maybe five episodes in what and someone's gonna actually take it at him great um yeah so let's head on to beverly hills the reunion part one this reunion i go, go in contrast i love this first part of the reunion I oh love yeah it. for whatever people thought of the season this part this was fantastic um the the left side to, to andy on the couch killed it this was their fucking reunion yeah uh including who my top is going to be for the week I'm not going to spoil it but like wow wow it was fucking great it's everything i wanted so the ladies are entering uh getting ready and they're coming into the studio fucking Erica passing Suttons uh dressing room goes if you put me next to Sutton i'll fucking kill you <laughs> like oh man i really hope that they can that they don't hold on to that also <laughs> i laugh so hard at fucking Avi being like no crying today no crying strong Sutton you're strong. <laughs> <laughs> when Sutton doesn't do a lot this first part, at least. So it's like, at least she's like, not like, you know, not like going to, it seems like next week is, we're going to get really into the Kyle stuff. And that's where
1: <sighs>
0: that's going to be the test for Sutton more than anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Fucking Andy goes into Kyle's dressing room and goes, so Mo is coming. And Kyle goes, you're fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> Kyle was worried. <laughs> I felt that. But also, like,
1: why is he not? I mean, clearly it's because of Netflix, but, like, yeah, he should be here.
0: They almost never have the husbands on Beverly Hills on the reunions. I, I think they did in, like, early, early seasons, but, like, not in a while. Yeah. The last time I remember it was when they had PK on when the whole Gate thing was happening. Like, I th- unless there was a time before that, I don't remember.
1: But, like... I don't remember anything since then. Yeah.
0: But it would make sense if Mauricio was there. But, like, I do think, like, yeah, the Netflix thing complicated. it. So this was amazing. So Erica then visits Dorit in her dressing room. And Dorit goes, so you obviously saw the things in the press where she said that I exaggerated our friendship. Which I get. When that was happening in real time, I was like, holy shit. What is Kyle doing? Like, she was basically throwing Dorit under the bus.
1: Well, to me... <sighs> I wonder if she is setting this up to make it easier for her to walk away from the show.
0: Maybe, maybe, I, I, maybe she's already settled on that and she doesn't have anything to lose. But it also it's so fascinating how like Teddy is very clearly on her, Kyle's side. And like, they're like on a fuck to tour right now Yeah, with Teddy's podcast. And all. it's like, they're coordinated in this. And like, I think it's really just fucking shitty to just be to go on a public platform and be like, yeah, that person exaggerated our friendship when we're meant to believe they're friends. Yep. Like close personal friends. It's wild. So they haven't talked since December. We found that out of the finale. Mm
2: -hmm. But
0: then Dorit says, so I got a text from Kyle the day before today, basically trying to silence me. It was so manipulative. It was so calculated. And she shows it to Erica and Erica goes, it's a novel, bitch. Yeah. We're not going to read the whole thing because it is a novel. It's very long. When Here's the thing. When you look at it on the face, you're like, Dorit, what are you talking about? It, like, to say that it's manipulative, it's like, what? But when you actually analyze it, yeah. Kyle's manipulative as fuck for this test. Oh, yes. She's essentially saying... I I I have a rough year. I'm going through all this rough stuff. I have so much I'm fucking dealing with, or whatever. I care about you. I love you. I know we had our issues and we haven't talked. It's basically saying, "Don't come for me at the reunion. Let's get lunch either before or after,
1: and we'll clear the air
0: where there's no cameras." Right. So basically, you don't want Dorit to bring it up on camera. Right. And it's like that's shady as fuck. Yep. And it's it's. It, This is not going to be a good reunion for Kyle, I feel, because I think she's still in that defensive mode, and I think that's a big fucking mistake.
1: Yeah, I don't think it is either, although this first episode doesn't seem to point that direction because everybody seems to gang up on Dorit this episode. Well, yeah,
0: (laughs) they get a little bit with Kyle, and then it's all, like, bounding on Dorit, just, like, pummeling her. Dorit tells Erica, how would you feel if you got this message? And Erica goes, I would feel manipulated. And Dorit goes, you sit on Watch What Happens Live. I got eviscerated. I love Kyle, but fair is fair. This is exactly my point. Fair is fair. This is the reunion. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, like this, like it's I. It's sandwiched in moments where I was like, I was teamed to read in the beginning, teamed to read in the end, and in the middle, it's just like fuck her. But like in the moments where she's correct, she's correct here about yeah. this Kyle stuff. Also. The way that Teddy on her podcast now is making this a thing about how dare Dorit leak this text message that's the manipulative thing that's the thing that proves she's not a friend that she put this text message out on nobody
1: cares about two t's and a bore
0: and then well it's not just that too bethany also trying to claim that like that was like an infringement on kyle's rights or something you don't have rights for me to not show your fucking text messages that you sent me right especially when you're going out in public and saying we're not friends what do i owe you at that point
1: Yeah. Not a goddamn thing.
0: Yeah, like, get off! Like, stop clutching your pearls. And then Teddy's also claiming that Dorit has text messages. There's text messages from Dorit that essentially say, "Like, I'll throw Kyle under the bus for the show or whatever." I don't believe Dorit texted that. Like, that
1: doesn't even sound like Dorit. Number one, there's no accent.
0: No, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. Oh my god. They're So they're waiting for Dorit to get on the set because her dress is literally being sewn in the fucking parking and lot. And he
1: makes a comment. Uh, I'm glad I got here at 8.30 in the morning to sit here and wait for Dorit to be sewn into her dress. And
0: Sutton goes, I think we
1: should just start. <laughs> what well, we can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she walks in. This
0: What was this look <laughs> by Dorit? It, it felt, with, with her making, not making, I, she is Jewish, but like centering her Jewish heritage in the last year, it felt pointed. Commentary. It felt like commentary, but I don't know. It wasn't specific enough, but I'm like, it felt
1: weird. <laughs> it did feel very weird. It also felt weird because she's the only warm color on the couch.
0: Yeah, she didn't go by the theme. Everyone at least went seemingly similar color themes.
1: Yeah. And she's... Like, was- bra- uh, like, golds and blues and greens. And then she's out here in fucking red. It's crazy. Like, not just red. Bright primary red. Yeah. What the f- fuck is
0: this <laughs> i love andy when she walks in and goes hey hood <laughs> 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 and also kyle's face at dorit Ky- kyle was over her already and she and it th- i think it's because she didn't respond to the text message yeah because she knew that the bullshit was coming her way yeah okay so andy does his intros and all that um he asked dorit what the inspiration for her look is and she goes fashion 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 i was like great because you didn't bring it in all this season <laughs> <laughs> She, it, was, it was terrible. Andy then goes, Dorit told me before the show that she's going to be speaking in bullet points, which was so rude. <laughs> Dorit seemed really offended. Uh, he asked Erica how she's doing. She goes, I'm good. It's probably the happiest I've been in this situation in two years. And Andy goes, do you sh- share that same feeling tonight, Kyle? <laughs> Kyle then goes, I wish I felt the way Erica did now. Andy then brings up what Erica said on Watch What Happens Live about, like, you know, I got eviscerated two years ago. I think everyone should get the same treatment, basically pointing at yeah. Kyle. He asked Kyle about this. Kyle goes, I mean, I saw the headlines. My feelings got hurt for a minute. But honestly, Erica's been an amazing friend to me. They cut to Tariq's face. Yeah. And she goes, she's someone I can trust and value as a friend. And I honestly think she was trying to say you eviscerated her last year. And it was more about that that than me. And I really did not take that personally. If anyone else, particularly Sutton, Garcella, Crystal, if any of them said that, she would have eviscerated them. Yeah. That's... It just shows Kyle's like leniency. Garcelle got eviscerated for simply saying at the moment she was closer with Kathy than Kyle was with Kathy.
1: And that was such a huge insult. And that's just a statement of fact. That's not even like a, an opinion on anything. It's, it's just, yeah, I think I'm closer to Kathy than she is.
0: Yeah. Wild. Andy knowing what to do goes, Dorit, what's your reaction to hearing Kyle's description of her friendship with Erica? Because he already knows, right? Oh, yeah. She goes, I'm kind of stuck on the fact that she said when she saw the headlines that it hurt her, because it's much of the same when I saw the headline, Kyle said Dorit exaggerated their friendship. Kyle says, I said that in response to all the things that you've been saying throughout the season. And Dorit goes, such as? Kyle goes, she likes... Pauses for a moment, like she's thinking of it, but then she goes, well, first of all, being asked about my marriage on camera when we are good friends. So she's offended, Kyle's offended by Dorit asking how their ma- her marriage is in the car on camera. Kyle, you're telling on yourself.
1: I, I really, this is where I really wish Andy would have, would have a little bit of distance from the Housewives. Yeah. Because he really needed to follow that up with, well, you know you're on a reality television show. Why is that a problem? Why is that a problem? And it's like...
0: I agree with the people being like, if we're going to shit on Robin, right? On right. Potomac. This needs to be equally like taken into account.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I, I felt really bad for Erica during this whole segment because... Kyle, she looks so uncomfortable. Kyle and Doreen are just going after it, and there's this sparkly, lovely woman sitting in the middle, yeah. <laughs> just with fabulous shoulders. Can we talk about the shoulders on that dress? Gorgeous. She looked great. Yeah.
0: Uh, Kyle then goes, and then there was the I feel I was replaced by Morgan. She's allowed to feel that way. Like what? Like
1: she, she's not allowed to express her feelings? She's not allowed to ask questions. She's not allowed to have feelings.
0: Kyle then goes. I mean, how many times have we ever had lunch without filming? How many times, if you can count it on one hand? And Andy's like, wow. Like, I got the sense that you guys were hanging out a lot. Like, Kyle's fully diminishing this friendship. Yeah. Just being like, we don't hang out outside of filming.
1: This This is why I feel like there should be no fourth wall on reality television. Sure. Like, you should talk about the fact that there's a camera crew there. There should be nothing off limits. Yeah. There should be, like, if you're not that close, you're not that close. But
0: also, what does that extend to? Like, we're meant to believe P.K. and Mauricio are
1: friends, too. and Right. Like, you know, so it's like. Did you or did you not have the dinner in London in which you met Morgan two years ago?
0: But here's the thing. I think they are. I think they were friends outside. Yeah. Of I think
1: Kyle was just downplaying it to be mean.
0: Right. Kyle goes, we don't have that kind of friendship. I get up, I go work out, and Drew goes, you never asked me to do that. I sent you a message saying, Kyle, I would love to go for a walk. And they get in, because Kyle's like, well, I took you out to work out one time, and guess what? She, like, sat on the cement the whole time. She couldn't do it or whatever. And, like, this is where Erica's just like, what are we fighting about? Like, stop this. It was kind of like a, what are we doing, guys? We're an
1: alliance. Like, well... It's shit like this that shows me exactly why Kathy and Kim did not fuck with her ass for so long. Yeah, because if this is how she's treating Dorit, I can guarantee you this is how she treated them as well.
0: And then she tries to flip it. Kyle goes, "My point of the story is that it does not mean that you are not very important to me. I love you very much. You're not. Sh- you literally said when did we hang out."
1: We never hang out, but you're my favorite person.
0: I said that because that was that was an exaggeration. To take a moment for you to say something at my expense because you knew that by saying something like that, it was going to create a bigger problem for me in the media with the whole Morgan situation. I think Kyle's not saying it. I think the thing she's actually offended about but can't vocalize here because it would expose her. She's mad. Remember when I brought up how Dorit brought up at... Lorene's event. I met Morgan two years ago at this, like, group dinner Um, that, and, you know, Kyle introduced me to her, etc. And I was like, that throws off the timeline as to when Kyle first says she met Morgan. Right. That that she says she met Morgan way after that. Yeah. I think that's what Kyle's pissed at. Yeah. Well, uh, here's but if, the thing. But, she, but if she says that at the reunion, that's going to then require follow-up questions and she doesn't want to get into that.
1: Well, and That's why I, as Dorit, would go, you know what? We're done. We're scorching earth here today. Honestly. Because, look, if you're going to walk in here in an outfit that looks like you're ready to go to fucking fashion battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then fucking do it. Fucking throw
0: down. Dorit goes, Kyle, the Morgan situation has been in the media and it wasn't because of my comment, which I thought was a great point.
1: Yeah, it's because you decided to start a music video with her. It's like you can't...
0: Sucking face. Kyle, stop blaming anyone else for, like, the Morgan thing. Like, that's your fucking fault. Kyle goes, my point is I'm saying that does not mean you are not important to me. You're very important to me. I love you very much. Dorit then goes, listen, I love to hear that, but I know your nature. If I say something that upsets you, you're a punisher. You'll shut me out. Erica's face here was like... (laughs) Fuck, fuck, fuck. fuck. <laughs> this is bad. And it was like, wow. But like it, it's so true what people have been saying for years. Kyle has become LVP.
1: A uh, worse. Because
0: that, that's what LVP was. If you offended LVP, if you wronged LVP, she would punish you.
1: Yeah. But I feel like it's worse. Because Kyle, I think, is nastier about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Drew then goes. We haven't spoken in a couple of months, and all of a sudden, you text me in the day before the reunion. Do you really think that I'm an idiot? It felt very manipulative. It's not like I'm going to come here and try to destroy you. Kyle then goes, it was not meant to be manipulative in any single way. Bullshit. The way that
1: Erica goes, <laughs> like, like, with her eyes. Erica was literally all of us watching this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Erica knows that's crazy. Dorit goes, or Andy goes, I know that you, the two of you love each other. And I think there's a resolution in your future. And Drew goes, I hope so. Kyle's face says there's no resolution, bitch. No. Like, and, and clearly not because she then clearly after this reunion, she tells Teddy about all this and then fucking Teddy's doing her bidding just yeah. like with Sutton. Yep. So it's like the, the coordination is down with them. We then get a package about Garcelle and sort of her story this season. Andy asked about the scene with the boys on the beach. Uh, Garcelle, I thought it was interesting. Garcelle points out like, that's like, cause Annie asked about like balancing your like work schedule and like taking less jobs or whatever. She's like, that's part of the reason I wanted to do reality was because I could be at home more. Yeah. And, and that's a really fair point. Like never really thought about that. She, he also, she also gets asked about like, like has Mike communicated to the boys about like the infidelity? Cause Jack's mentioned mm-hmm. seeing it online. And she says that he still to this day has not talked to the kids about it.
1: That's so fucking cowardly.
0: Yeah, I, I really don't like that. And no. Garcelle goes, This is why I take such an issue of talking about sex, talking about feelings, because if they don't get it from me, they aren't gonna get it anywhere else.
1: Yeah, that's and, that man is awful. And
0: it's like when you do the affair, it's like you gotta own it, dude. It's yeah. not on your wife, it's not on your ex-wife. Um, so Andy then asked about what Garcelle said in Vegas about not feeling comfortable around the other women talking about her kids. Darique goes. Listen, we're all, this is where, uh, the, okay, this the whole next, next section is just uh. like Dorit failing. We'll get back to Dorit saying something good, but Dorit fails this whole time. Dorit goes, listen, we're all mothers. It made me sad. And it hurt me to hear a friend of mine who doesn't trust me. And Garcelle goes, it also hurt my feelings to watch friends of mine laugh at the situation of a 14-year-old being cussed at. So let's call it even. Yeah. Garcel was like, I'm not doing this like, yeah, you're the victim here to then goes. i understand that but it seems like you are holding on
1: to a grudge about that yeah r- right it's her child but also it's not about a grudge it's about it's not about holding negative emotions it is about learning my lesson on who to trust and who not to right. you have taught me i cannot trust you therefore i will move forward accordingly
0: yeah, Garcelle, but but also Dorit's trying to rewrite slightly, and Garcelle yeah. fixes it. She goes, it was adding to that. I felt the way I felt because I saw the scene, and then me sharing my feelings, you being defensive, and not letting me have my feelings. And you're like, it happened a year ago. You should be fine. Dorit then goes, it's not that. And Garcelle goes, it was that, though. Like, what do you mean it's not that? You said that, Dorit. Yeah. You said it. it's been a year. Yeah. Like, so what, like, Dorit not, like, taking any account. I always said Dorit's terrible at apologizing. What's not (laughs) clicking? Yeah, she just can't even take accountability for what she actually said. Like, it's crazy. Dorit goes, I was just sad. I felt sad that you thought that that way. Crystal then goes, then just say that. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's not that hard. Take some accountability. Annie then goes... So, Garcelle, you said you don't believe Dorita's racist, but you do believe that she's an unconscious Karen. He, she said unconscious Karen behavior. I get it's semantics, but it's slightly yeah. different. But Garcelle goes, yeah, just unaware. I just felt the word attack was so unnecessary for me, saying, no, no, no. Why are you trying to embarrass her? then goes, I don't know all the words and all the things. But you have to judge on character and intent. Yeah, Darit, and like she did judge on your character and
1: intent, which was shitty. Also, why does she need to judge you on your character, intent, and intent? But you could use the word attack, knowing her character and, and her intent,
0: right? She goes, you know that I would never deliberately do something to hurt
1: you. And you know that she would never deliberately attack you.
0: Right. And if you do otherwise, then tell me. She did tell you. Yeah. That's what the whole lunch was about. Like, and and for her to be like, I don't know all the words. She was literally educating you, and you got defensive.
1: Well, and I really love what Garcelle, I think it's here, says, but you know what a real attack is. She says it here. You you were held at gunpoint. Your children were in the other room. Like, you were robbed. You were attacked. You know what an attack is. Yeah. This was not an attack. Why would you use this word against me when you know what a real attack is? Yeah.
0: Anna Marie then goes... Can I chime in for a second? No,
1: shut up. (laughs) Well, no, Dorit goes,
0: please, because I know, because they already coordinated, like, clearly. Anna Marie was stupid here. I'm sorry. She goes, when you had this conversation and you said that you don't call a black woman aggressive, Garcelle, because Garcelle already knows. Garcelle goes, yeah, I remember exactly what I said. Yeah. Because she knows Anna Marie's about to say some bullshit. She goes, when we were sitting at Sutton's store, and I was unfortunately asking about your esophagus, which <laughs> like,
2: I
1: tripped and accidentally
0: asked about your esophagus, Sutton said to me, why are you yelling at me when I was clearly not yelling at her?
1: Flashback put- to her actually yelling, and then she goes, why are you yelling at me? And Anna Marie goes, oh, sorry, I wasn't meaning to yell. Yeah!
0: <laughs> and Anna Marie then goes, and you were right there, and you didn't say anything. Before Garcelle even rebuttals, Anna Marie goes, no, no, I'm talking. I'm talking. Like before Garcelle says anything, Anna Marie keeps doing this throughout this reunion where she's like, I'm talking now. I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking. But also It's you're, so
1: annoying. You ask a question in order to get someone to respond and then say, no, you're not allowed to talk. I'm still talking. Yeah. I asked you a question, but you're not allowed to answer it.
0: Right. Garcelle goes, we all yell at each other. Anna Marie goes, that is somebody weaponizing me as a black woman trying to make me look aggressive. And Gar- no! Garcelle goes, you can stand up for yourself, which you were doing perfectly fine that entire night. And this is, some people were like, Anna Marie clocked Garcelle on that. No. no, she didn't. If Anna Marie actually thought that was a microaggression, she would have said it in the moment. Or even after that even days later or weeks later or at any point during the season. She's only now claiming that it is a microaggression to like call Garcella hypocrite.
1: And also because she saw back the taco night scene, which she had not seen because she wasn't there that day.
0: Yeah. And we goes, I'm still talking. So I'm being weaponized as a black woman who stood up for me. This one did pointing to Dorit and Garcella goes, Okay, like, (laughs) we're not going to, Anna Marie, what are you doing? You're not, like, Dorit has to apologize for this shit. It was blatantly bad. Yeah. Dorit goes, Garcelle labeled me. And Garcelle goes, you also labeled me as angry or attacking. That changes someone's perception when they meet me. And Dorit goes, I didn't label you as attacking. That is used all the time. Erica is so uncomfortable at this point. She's because Erica got like God bless Erica for being like woke in this moment because she knows everything to
1: saying is just like not the same thing to That's not the same fucking thing. But I love how she is saying, look, I stepped in in the moment in that scene, but I'm Garcelle is very capable of having this conversation with you. I'm going to sit this out.
0: Yeah. And she didn't try to, like, defend her right. in this moment, which I appreciated. Right. Dorit goes, you said I lived in a bubble. And Garcelle goes, right. And then you went online and you said, I'm happily living in my bubble. You doubled down. It just felt like, wow, this girl really is clueless. Dorit then goes, in hindsight, it was a big mistake on my part. And Garcelle goes, then why didn't you take it down? Dorit goes, because, first of all, and then before she even, fit, Crystal is like, wait, what are we doing here? Because she goes, I think you did it twice. Yep. Like, didn't you do two posts like as if this was like a mistake and and Dory goes no the next one was to clarify I said the only bubble I live in dot dot da. and Garcello goes I
2: can't like
0: that has to she can't be really mean that right that she that was a clarification post on this no
1: set. there's no it, it was not a clarification it was a dig
0: it was so blatantly a dig but that's the other thing that frustrates me with Dorit here throughout this. We'll get to the crystal stuff. She keeps doing digs and then acting like, oh, it was innocent. There was nothing, you know, really intentionally behind it. It's like you, you weren't, stop playing in our faces. Like, yeah.
1: It got lost in one of my eight fake accents.
0: Yeah. Dorit goes, do you really believe I was doing that to stick up my middle finger? And Garcel yes. goes, that's what it was perceived as, Dorit. And even Andy's like it didn't really land. Like, do you think that landed? Like what? <laughs> and Duri goes, no, it didn't. I'm asking, do you think that was my intention? And Garcelle goes, yes. Dorit keeps asking these, she'll do it later. Where she asked these like obvious questions <laughs> that have obvious answers as if she was going to get a different answer. Yes. I think you intentionally did it.
1: And look, I am someone who thinks intention matters. Intention always fucking matters but impact matters more yeah whether you meant it that way or not that is the way that the entire rest of the world perceived that so you still owe an apology yeah the intention behind it is whether or not someone can move forward with you or not right not whether or not you owe an apology to goes garcelle they were very big accusations and garcelle goes
0: so was the word you used for me and andy goes so andy tries to diffuse this and goes two things can be true and the one thing that i've learned is that it's really important to listen and say less a lot of the times he's mainly saying that to dorit like yeah like but andy goes where do you go from here is the question and erica goes to a break because i need one <laughs> <laughs> erica's like get me the fuck out of here again stupid questions dorit goes tell me this. Do you like me? And Garcelle goes, sometimes. <laughs> Dari goes, do you have a problem with me? And Garcelle goes, there's something, obviously. <laughs> and Dari goes, do you want to try to work through it? Do you want to have a friendship? And Garcelle goes, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just, like,
0: obvious answers. <laughs> like, I love Garcelle is just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not humoring you. This is not. We're, no. Oh, man. Okay. So they go to a package about like sex talk and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's just sort of general topics. This is also where Dorit loses me. Andy brings up that Crystal said in her confessional that Dorit hasn't seen a real body part in 10 years. And asks Dorit about that. And Dorit goes, I know. I'd love to understand what exactly you think other than my boobs is fake about me
1: your and, accent.
0: Well, there's yeah. But then Crystal goes, "I mean, I was just being funny." And Dorit goes, "Oh. Funny." Like so offended. It's like, "Doree, you said so much shit in your fucking confessionals. So much shit. You literally cr- called Crystal boring that she's like, "Does she basically is, like shouldn't have a job here?" Yeah. Like fuck, like
1: what? Also, I felt like in the previews for this that they Made it seem like Andy said, "Well, your accent," and then she said, "How dare you?" or "Don't you dare?" or something like that. And they completely like meshed that together because that's from a completely different conversation. Yeah,
0: Uh, Andy asked about Erica's comment about Sutton's bull riding skills being a lot, uh, lot better than her dick riding skills, and and Andy goes rebuttal, and Sutton goes, "No, (laughs) (laughs) all right." Sutton was great here. Andy asks Sutton about making out with the driver and he goes, I want a driver with benefits. And Sutton goes, he's good looking too. <laughs> I like that. Guy. Like, she's just like, yeah, I made out with him a couple times. You know, it was nice. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, Andy then asks Kyle. Oh my God. In season 10, we saw you very finicky about the implication that you and Teddy were romantically entangled, which is such mm-hmm. a good uh, point. Now that you're scissoring with Dorit and saying that you date a woman, what changed? the just the phrasing of that question was beautiful but also it's like yeah let's get into that and then kyle goes i mean i have changed like i grew up where everything had to be by the book like that's what my mom like instilled in me and i don't know what the future holds so why wouldn't i say maybe which okay but then you're going yes i think that's a great answer but then you're gonna complain about people questioning the morgan thing but
1: that, that answer is great in a vacuum it's great in a vacuum. And
0: the way and we both saw it. The way that after Kyle says that, Sutton goes, and by the way, I don't think any of us would be judgmental or care. Like, we would be supportive.
1: And then Kyle almost was angry at her. Because it was always like,
0: no, it's not serious. It's No, it's not serious. No. Shit. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> it was
1: so funny. Okay. And then Andy literally goes, oh, well, that's sweet. And she's like, yeah, that was fine. I should have to be nice about this.
0: Yeah. Uh, we then go to Anna Marie's package.
1: Uh, they, ask if, oh
0: they ask the ladies if they're surprised Anna Marie is proud of her husband calling her an 8.5. Which again, the fact that she's still like being justifying this. She's like, look, he's my best friend. Like we can joke about things like that. He's like an 8.5 too. Well, in terms of morality, I would say probably lower if we to believe articles. I'm a little pissed they
1: didn't bring up the article. We we don't know. It may come up later it might be. There's three parts to this reunion. But but in fairness,
0: is there any reason to talk to Anna Marie after this first part? They kind of covered everything. Like what is what does she have to contribute? It's like man, I this this has to be her last season. I really th- I really think so. Honestly. Um I will say one thing I will give her. Apparently her mom had passed away like recently mm-hmm. and she had discovered she had like a tumor like during the process of filming the
1: show which i would have. well didn't her mom also die while filming i I can't
0: remember if it was fi- during filming or like like right after or something like that yeah. but like she it, she didn't talk about it apparently on the show she cries during this talking about this and i feel bad for her i feel really sad uh in terms of that i think it would be nice to see that side of her I think, to share those elements. I know it can be hard, though, when you're a new person and, like, you know. Uh, Well,
1: and she's also really trying to hide her, um, you know, bigoted, uh, you know, a salty husband, allegedly, from the cameras. So, you know.
0: I have a feeling Bravo also, like, cut down a lot of her stuff. Because of those accusations. I think they're trying to just like shoo her out as quick as possible. Probably. Um, she also was on Heather McDonald's podcast today and basically tried to claim that Sutton said that you're using your mother as a, and they didn't as like a excuse or whatever. And they didn't put it in the season. I don't believe that. I also think she's a perpetual liar. And I think yep. she, I think she's proven herself all season as that. So I, that doesn't make any sense to me. And it, you could tell Annie though, I, as much as I say, they might be pushing her out the door. I don't know if you felt that Andy was like trying to like get to a place where I like she could like be redeemed.
1: I like, felt I feel like Andy always tries to get people to a place where there is a an option for a path forward. Yeah. Um and I think that's probably good as a host. Like I get that. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Like the whole point of the reunion is to get to a ...place where you can then film the next season.
0: Yeah. I just don't think he does that with everybody. Like, I still think he has, like, an issue with Crystal. Yeah. You know, where he wouldn't, like, give her the benefit of the doubt... ...in the same way he's giving Anna Marie here. He goes, you really wasted no time calling things as you saw them. You seem very confident. And Anna Marie goes... I do speak my mind and I'm always very honest with things I observe because that's truly the only way to get to know people. You're literally not honest. Like you just are not like, what are you talking about?
1: He really does seem to have a lot of disdain for millennials
0: and the audience. Cause he goes in some viewers eyes, you could just do no right because she was doing no right. Like it, the reason that everyone didn't like her was because of what we observed. Uh-huh. Why are you like shitting on us for like having opinions? Isn't that the whole point? Yep. Anyway, she goes. What was the hardest part of the negative feedback? And she talks about internalizing it, and she's crying more.
1: Hopefully, they, you internalized it and maybe grow from it. I
0: think. I mean, she's making. She made a decision here that I thought was smart, but even still, I think she's doubling down in certain ways that is yeah. annoying. And he goes, "You met Crystal before joining the group. What did you think of her then? And was she the same or different?" She goes. Crystal was awesome off camera and when the cameras went up it was a different tune. <laughs> I love that Crystal didn't engage this part. She's just kind of letting like letting that sort of like ride out to be mm-hmm. like I'm going to eviscerate you here. Annie asked Crystal if she had confused anesthesiologists for anesthetists, that they could be confusing. And Crystal just goes, no, I actually have a half-sister who is an anesthesiologist, so we had that conversation. You said, I'm an anesthesiologist. And I said, oh, my sister's an anesthesiologist, and she has a private practice at Cedars. And you said, oh, I'm a nurse anesthetist. And you said, well, people don't know the difference. Which, like, I love Crystal's like, no, I didn't confuse it. And, this, and I'm going to lay out exactly why. I didn't confuse it.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for, for Anna Marie to go around and say, yeah, I'm an anesthesiologist because nobody needs to question her on that. They know what she does. Like, I don't think that she's out there trying to convince people that she's a doctor. No. But she uses the term anesthesiologist because everybody knows what that is. And she then doesn't have to have a long conversation explaining what she does for a living. Right. That, that, yeah so she did repu- misrepresent herself. I completely believe that,
0: yeah, Anna Marie then goes, i'm going to tell everybody now what really happened, which is so everything Here we go. everything she says has like an air of condescension, yep, she goes, so when Crystal and I first met. What do you do? I'm a housewife. Crystal goes. No one talks like that. I would never walk in and say hi. I'm a housewife. Anna Marie goes. The only reason that I'm not talking over you right now is that I'm not going to do that today. Uh, Like I'm so like I'm I'm so over it or whatever. Go fuck yourself. Go home. Like you can't talk all this shit. And also like talk shit about Crystal online and like hype this up online. And then in the confessional just be like I'm over it. I'm over you. Blah blah blah. Shut up. You know that you're not on the right side of this. Crystal goes. You have proven to be a liar. And Anna Marie goes. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not insinuate? And Crystal goes. Did you not say that I said that she had an eating disorder twice? And also, what is she about? Like, what was Anna Marie about to say about? Like, did you insinuate? Because she pointed at Sutton. Was she going to cite the eating disorder thing? Because yeah, like,
1: I think she was. I think she was going to say, did you not insinuate that she has an eating disorder? No,
0: you did. You literally did. It's on camera. Yep. Anna Marie goes. Oh my god, I'm not going to yell. <laughs> Crystal's like telling her she's a liar. And Marie goes. I think liar is a strong word. No. Kiss my ass. You would call any of these other women a liar. Yep. Chris goes, I think you just intentionally misrepresent because people don't know the difference, like you're you're saying. And then Anna Marie talks about, like, there's these political issues between anesthesiologists and nurse anesthetists. She's like, it's like a market turf war because one is less expensive and sort of, but they do the same job or whatever fine it was like because but she's making it under a perception of like crystal minimize my profession and it's like no in in the extended version crystal's like no i didn't if
1: anything you did because you don't think that it's worth your time to explain that your profession number one exists and number two is a valid answer to anesthesiology
0: yeah Crystal goes, "How you weaponized your profession against her, meaning Sutton? That's when I had it." And Anna Marie goes, "Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Because <laughs> like you were wrong in that." Yeah. Anna Marie "Uh, but and she admits to being wrong, which is why I don't get why she's so like flippant on it." She tells Sutton, watching it back, "You know, I do want to apologize. I shouldn't have done it that way or whatever. You know, like she apologizes to Sutton for how she did yeah. the esophagus thing." Sutton goes. I wasn't angry about the esophagus. It was the going behind my back and talking about it and saying that I had an eating disorder and that I was hiding behind this ailment to have an eating disorder. That was really hurtful. It was like, yeah. Like, that's – like, you can't – you have to acknowledge that to me. Andy goes – to Sutton goes, we actually had a lot of people thanking you for spreading awareness on it. Because I know. Who knew there were so many people with this esophagus you know, problem? Erica then turns to Anna Marie and and goes, well, you brought awareness. No, Sutton brought the awareness. Anna Marie didn't do shit. Uh. And Anna Marie goes, not the right way or whatever, which I guess she is owning it. Um, she apologizes again to Sutton. Dorit then goes, it feels genuine. Shut up, Dorit. It's like, <laughs> Sutton's accepting the apology. You're not, also, you're not the genuine police. Like. Honestly. Um. Okay, so they take a little break, but as they're about to come back, fucking Kyle goes, Guys, listen to what Vanderpump said. She's so obsessed with Vanderpump still. She goes, She met Crystal and she said, And who are you? Crystal said, I'm on the show. And she said, Is
1: Kyle still on? Can you believe that? Like, (laughs) I, no. Like, I could, I could understand if LVP said that, but it's a joke. Yeah. It's not a... I'm not aware of what's going on on the show.
0: I need them to, like, get in a room together and just either fight or make up. Like,
1: Honestly. Genuinely.
0: Um, we get a crystal package about her stuff. As the package is playing, they play Dorit's child bride comment from her confessional, right? hmm They show the little bar. Dorit chuckles Ugh. when it comes back. It's like, wow, Dorit! And it's like, I'm... She tries to play dumb later, and it's like that's not working for me i just
1: it she she acts like none of us have eyes
0: or have the internet or if she has the internet she tries to be like i didn't know that was a thing later and it's like everyone was tweeting at you and posting in your instagram comments that that was
1: offensive what are you talking about i i just the woman's deranged i think like i don't understand She's in her bubble. Um,
0: Andy asked about how her, her crystal being in her head about everyone of uh, other people's weight and being like conscious of that. Mm-hmm. And crystal goes, everyone's gotten skinny. The last few years, they cut to Erica's face being so annoyed because her head was like, it's my hormones. My hormones. <laughs> I said it was hormones. <laughs> like it's like, no, it wasn't hormones. Um, they didn't mention anything in this crystal segment about her brother, which I found odd, which is like, that was like a major story.
1: Yeah, it might be. Well, I mean, it seems like they're going through, like, one segment for each person Yeah, here, and then they'll probably do another segment for each person later. I don't
0: know. I would hope they, like, dip into it. Andy asked her what pushed her over the edge at the Homeless Not Toothless to call Marie a bitch, and she goes, it was because it was about the eating disorder. Like, the one thing I would never say about someone because I suffer from it daily, so it felt like I was crazy, and Marie goes, there was more to that conversation. That's why I said it. It's like, fuck off. There wasn't more of that conversation. She tried to say that in an Instagram post before the episode aired. And it's like, no. And it's like, say it, say what happened then. But like, what? She, again, are you trying to make us believe that she implied something about Sutton having an eating disorder? Right. I don't believe
1: that. Well, and we've already seen was it like last season or the season before If you make some vague comment alluding to something, back it up. We don't do vague bullshit. We don't say we don't deal with she said something dark and leave it at that.
0: Right. You're doing you're doing the exact same thing Crystal did that you're right. You know what I mean? Like it's the same fucking thing. Crystal goes, Are you ever gonna apologize to me for saying I said she had an eating disorder? And Anna Marie goes, I didn't say that. Sutton, Crystal did not say you had an eating disorder. I didn't say you had an eating disorder, period. One, you did imply that she had an eating disorder. You actually did do that. And you said at the time that Crystal said it. So you're just rewriting history.
1: Double the lie with one statement. Yeah. I don't know how that happened.
0: And Sutton just goes, good, because I don't. <laughs> Annie asked what Anna Marie's acu- about what Anna Marie accused her of before when they met originally, mm-hmm. and about the whole like, socialite unintelligent thing or whatever. Crystal tries to explain like, look, I say sometimes like, yeah, we, we as a group, we have dumbass conversations. Not that they're dumb. Like she, what she had said before about like what the conversation actually happened, how conversation actually happened. Anna Marie then goes, but another thing that I want to say, there have been instances where you've been less than truthful. Crystal goes, don't throw rocks because you've been proven to constantly lie on this show. For you to say... Yeah. Anna Marie trying to be like, no, you're the liar, it's so stupid.
1: Yeah, it it was... mm.
0: And then Anna Marie goes, you tried to insinuate Sutton was racist to you by saying she said something so dark, and then you said, oh, it was just a feeling, you made it up. I mean, you lied about the 14 friends, so she's pulling shit from last season when she wasn't fucking there. Yeah, I mean...
1: she gets me so frustrated, I can't speak. Yeah. It's just, it's so frustrating.
0: And it's so coordinated. Like, it's it's like you were sent out by Kyle. Let's yeah. be honest about that. Anna Marie then goes, like, I don't want to be a part of your, like, system of lies. And, and and Crystal immediately goes, you're not a part of it. So don't worry about it.
2: The way so it, good.
0: Erica's face was like, she ate that. That was good. <laughs> Crystal came into her own this episode, and it was fantastic. Andy asked... Dorit, you seem particularly offended by the slight on your education. Why was that? And then Dorit goes, I think I'm the only one here with a college degree. And they're all like, what? Like, multiple people here have college degrees. And he literally is, like, counting one, two. Like, what are you talking about?
1: She's just making shit up at this point.
0: Yeah. And even Garcelle goes, you can still be smart if you don't have a college degree, by the way. Like, right. what are you talking about? Uh, but as this is happening, it's like jovial. Crystal finds her opening and gets in and goes, oh, and by the way, I'm going to stand by the uneducated comment based off of you calling me a child bride. Yeah. That's a disgusting thing to say. Dorit does her wide eye like, what? And, and goes, you know they call Priscilla Presley a child bride. Crystal goes, okay, I'm an Asian person. And Garcelle goes, she's an Asian. And she and out of her breath, Garcelle goes, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, like it
1: just keeps... Also... Priscilla, like, she was a child bride. Right. She was literally 14. Right. Marrying
0: and an adult. She was, and Crystal was not. She right. She was in her 20s.
1: Like, I just, uh, <laughs> it's so dumb. That's such a fucking dumb argument, Dorit.
0: Yeah. Crystal goes, as an Asian person, child bride is equivalent to male order bride. Do you know that? And Dorit goes, now I do. Again, it's like, you you heard this for the first time in this moment? No one when you made that comment told you. Not strangers on the internet, not, not your, your friends. producer. Girl, we're not stupid. She goes, and obviously it was a throwaway comment in my confessional. So when you do it, it's a throwaway comment. When Crystal makes a comment about the fake body parts, that's such a serious thing, right? Right. Like this is ridiculous. She goes. That was not meant. That was not what I was insinuating. It was off the back of you calling us unintelligent, which was hearsay, by the way. The, she didn't actually like. She. You don't have evidence that she said that. Kyle goes. Kyle then tries to defend and Goes, but the other part of it is like saying that you were twelve. Like I. W- I always say when I'm saying someone's young, I'm like they're like twelve. Okay, that I will give her because
1: I do that too.
0: But like. In relation to child bride, that takes out the context of that. Correct.
1: That's a completely different context. Like, I will, I have literally said they're like fucking 12 years old. Sure. You know, but like, when you're, again, like you just said, when you're coupling that with other things, it's like that's not the same. Yeah. Crystal
0: then goes off and goes, and you said I got married at 12. I got married at 24. I had already gone to college, and I built a company worth over $100 million right now. And the way Doric goes, wow, amazing. So, like, condescending.
1: Like, what have you, what are your businesses Where's Beverly Beach? And didn't, and Beverly Bride? Was it, was it that a thing, too? Yeah. No. And I say was, because they're not anymore. Crystal then goes,
0: so for you to say that you were in college and getting all this education, building businesses while I'm getting married at 12 years old is bullshit. It's a microaggressive comment. Yeah. And,
1: like, called her. I was like, yeah, Crystal, get her. What what was wild to me is that Erica then leans over to Dorit. Dorit goes, well, that was not my intention. And so lesson learned, and I appreciate it, which is not an apology. (laughs) But also Erica leans over to Dorit and says... I'd honestly say more like macro. It's like, it feels macro, not micro. <laughs> <laughs> but like, did you think you were making a snide comment to someone else, Erica? <laughs> you know you're You know you're making a snide remark to the person that that remark was made against.
0: Yeah. Wild. <laughs> Annie then asks Crystal, what message do you hope we heard the loudest now that you've found your voice? And Crystal just goes... I'm here and I'm actually loving it. I'm like I'm loving it for you too. Yeah, she's secured her diamond this part.
1: Yeah, like, I agree. Like
0: any thought that like Crystal was being written out and like not going to come back, yeah. I would be shocked if she didn't. She was yeah. so good here. Um, We then get Kyle's package of things. Um, Andy, because it ends with the Lorene stuff, and so Andy asks her about like what the grieving process is like right now, and Kyle says. You know, I've learned in therapy there are some days that I'm doing this, like, disassociating thing that if something's too painful, I don't think about it at all. Which it's like, that's good to recognize. Yeah. I think she does that beyond, like.
1: I think she's been doing that her whole fucking life.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, Andy asked how she was disappointed in Dorit for how she handled the Kathy situation that Kyle had mentioned. Right. On the season. D- this is where Dorit gets back. Dorit goes, this I really want to get into because I really want to understand. I can say with absolute assurance, there is nothing I wanted more than for you and Kathy to be okay, period. I have a relationship with Kathy, which was independent of my relationship with you. I didn't want to get in the middle. And like... When you watch the clip, again, the thing the clip that Kyle's talking about wasn't that bad. It was at a point where Kathy had already apologized for the Aspen stuff, had already sort of copped to her end of it, and she wanted Kyle to cop to the thing of, like, you didn't defend me enough when Rena and Erica were attacking me online and all the stuff was happening, like, through the blogs and all that stuff. Right. And it's, like, she wouldn't own that, and it was being – it was such an impasse to where uh, Dorit was, like, Kyle, maybe you could – and Kyle's, like, shut up, Dorit, basically. Yeah. And, like, that – was Dorit flip flopping? No, like it was. Ugh. Kyle goes, but you didn't know her that well. And Dorit goes, I had never spent time with Kathy with you up until she filmed the show. Like so, like I knew her long before you, and we were never like so like what like Kyle again the diminishing of the relationships that Kyle, yeah. it's a trend and yeah. it's, Kyle goes. My point is, we were closer, and the conversations that we had led me to believe that you seemed to be disappointed in her behavior. And Dorit goes, Only when you would tell me stories that I never knew about from the past. And then Kyle goes, No, it was the stuff that happened about Aspen. And Dorit goes, What? And then Kyle goes, Anyways, I'm not going to get into that because of my family and my sister. And it's like Dorit, Dorit was kind of shady there, going like, What things? Yeah. Because we still don't know, right? Name them. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I believe there was something, but Kyle doesn't want to say it. And so it's like, so what are the things that you're talking about that were so bad
1: that I should have... Like, um... you can't be mad about something and try to hold me to task for it when you're not actually willing to name why you're mad about it.
0: Right. This then was wild to me. Kyle then goes... It feels like to me at that moment last year, they were really coming after me. Like everyone was like rah-rah Kathy online she's talking about. And it seemed like what you said, I think she just wants some support. To me, it feels like you wanted to be on the side of whatever the audience thinks and agrees with. And that which was, which is like, what are you talking about? But then she goes, I've noticed that a number of times. And and Dorit's like, with me? Kyle goes, she's like like Kyle's like yes and Dorit's like I don't even follow what the audience says Sutton pulls a face at a certain point during this Mm -hmm. I thought it was so illuminating that she pulled that face because Kyle really exposed I think her and Teddy with this comment to Dorit yeah and the Fox Force girls because consistently online Kyle, Teddy, Renna, Erica all of them what were they consistently attacking Sutton and Garcelon? They just listen to the internet. They just yep. listen to Twitter. Mm-hmm. They just follow what they have to say, and that's why they talked about my stuff and they, they make shady comments like this because that's what the internet wants, trying to diminish them. And now we see Kyle using that same argument against Dorit. Which makes no fucking sense. Because if Dorit was so focused on what the audience you know thought, she wouldn't have said what she said in the last 30 minutes of this episode. Right. If she's so if she's such an audience like focuser she's a bad one. It makes no logical sense. And it just exposes how forced your argument was against Sutton and Garcelle that you guys constantly used in the media against them.
1: Well, it, it just, it, it also exposes, like, the way that she thinks about everything. Yeah. Why is that your initial go-to? Mm-hmm. Why is that always the direction that you head? Say because that. that's how you think. Yep. That is what your goal is. Because you will come out with some fuck shit during one season and then completely change Switch your it team up. in the next season. Yep. You've done it. For years now, Kyle. She, she's the master of it. Stop it. Yeah. And then, okay,
0: so we watched the extended version on Peacock. And it, and on the regular version, it just kind of leans with this. And Dorit's like, what the hell are you talking about, basically? Kyle provides another example of allegedly Dorit playing to the audience. It's the wildest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. And I, and I was like, Kyle's fucking crazy. Kyle was fucking crazy. She then brings up there was another time at BravoCon this year where a fan asked a rude question about Teddy. And I remember this happening. There's a fan that was just like, Why do you kind of, Kyle, why do you keep pushing Teddy on us? Why are you trying to make Fetch happen, basically? Right. And Kyle gives a good enough response about, like, Teddy's my friend. She's been great to me. So I'm not trying to make her happen. She's just my friend or whatever. It was a fine enough response, like a clap back at this person. So, they show the clip. Kyle get, does the clapback response. Erica then goes, I mean, I'm friends with Teddy. Because you know, I think Sutton even said something about, like, yeah, Teddy sucks or whatever. Erica goes, I'm friends with Teddy. You know, I've known Teddy for a good while, and I really like her. And then Anna Marie goes, yeah, I even knew Teddy, like, before the show. Like, I think Teddy's a great person.
1: Which I will mention, the order that they were sitting in was Kyle, Erica, Dorit, and then Anna, Anna Marie. Marie. It's The same order they're in on this couch, right? So it goes: Erica or Kyle, and then Erica, and then they skip over Dorit. Anna Marie jumps in, and then Dorit literally leans forward with her mic, about to say something, and then Kyle cuts her off.
0: Well, no, it's, no, it's not that like Kyle cuts her off, and and it wasn't like that they were going by one by like they were Erica and Anna Marie were choosing to like say yeah, like Teddy, whatever. Fine. Who cares? Yeah. Dorit does look like she's about to say something. It's the moderator. The moderator oh, goes yeah. the moderator goes, okay, next question. Kyle takes this as if Dorit intentionally didn't say anything in support of Teddy because the fans didn't like her. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Why does Dorit have to why does Dorit have to speak up for Teddy? Why? When, th- not just on, on its face, but when three other people
1: just spoke up for Teddy. Right. Why did she need to do that? Also, the question wasn't pointed at anyone but Kyle. So why was anyone but Kyle answering the question anyway?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dorit then goes, I'm openly friends with Teddy. What does that have to do with anything? And Kyle goes, it would have been nice to say Teddy's a great person. But she's not, though, Kyle. She, she isn't. <laughs> but, like, yes. But also, it's it just shows how the Fox Force 5 view this as a cult. Yeah. You know what I mean? How dare you? you, you, you when someone com- says something negative, you are commanded to speak. It's, like, wild to me. And, like, the fact that, again, like, that co- seemingly Kyle and Teddy are both now in a fuck Dorit campaign. It is crazy how the Fox, like we were hoping for years for a Fox force five implosion. It's crazy how it's happening. Yeah. It's almost for the stupidest reason.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 mm, I don't like it. Kyle goes, it's to me, it just feels like
0: you care about the audience. And Dorit goes, that is the most hysterical thing I have ever heard. And it's, yeah, it's like so stupid. Yeah. What is he talking about? Anyways, that was where we leave on this episode fantastic fucking episode i'm i'm there whatever may people may think about this season i think this reunion is delivering and i think it's it's really really exciting stuff okay so we're going to take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode real housewives of miami don't go anywhere <laughs>
1: Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at
2: SidekickMediaServices.com.
1: Welcome back to Again Gay and MB. Let's head down to Florida where looks are served, pots are stirred, and several ladies struggle with the truth on Real Housewives of Miami.
0: Real Housewives of Miami, first part of the reunion. This was in the way that <laughs> there was a lot of like logical arguments
1: on the Beverly Hills reunion this episode. Like this was just chaos. Honestly, it was like 95% chaos and like 3% bullshit. And I think 2% that they actually talked about things. Yeah. But it was
0: in a fun way, not in like the, the. remember how we hated the Jersey reunion because of how chaotic yeah. it was? This was like chaotic, but everyone was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was messy, fun chaos, but that's, that's Miami. Yeah.
0: So the ladies arrived for the reunion, including Marcus, which it's like, why was he there? Like, if you, he better be showing up on the actual stage. At a certain point.
1: Yeah. Like, he's not going to sit up here and make snide remarks at the back and then not be held accountable for anything.
0: Yeah. Um. He, so, but speaking of, so, there, Andy's going around people's dressing rooms or whatever. Like, he's asking Gurdy if there's a reconciling Gurry. He's like, it's on Larsa. Like, you know, <laughs> like, at the end of the day. um, Larsa is telling Andy, he's like, my dad's name keeps being mentioned. Like, no one asked about other people's dads and moms. And Andy has to go. Well, nobody else's dad is Michael Jordan. Like, Larsa does this later where it's like,
1: what about other people's? You, you, They're not relevant, you dumb bitch. Do <laughs> you not understand
0: why this is a question to people?
1: I you were just, married to Scottie Pippen. Like, that's the... Con- like, we know you're leaning into that anyway. That's the only reason you're fucking this guy. Right. So stop acting like you're stupid.
0: Yeah. You're not that fucking stupid. But then when Andy brings up the nobody else's dad is Michael Jordan... Marcus then goes these women wouldn't even be able to do the dishes in our house let alone try to bring themselves into the conversation some people just need to
1: stay in their lane are you fucking kidding me wow so this was do you have Julia's response to that Well, I
0: don't have the exact wording but but they had hinted that Marcus said some stuff backstage that was like wild and this this was pretty wild Julia, like, straight up called him a Nepo baby. Oh, yeah. And it's like, wow. And, but it's, like, good. It's, like, also, for you, Marcus Jordan, to be, like, stay in your lane. You're on these women's show. This is their fucking show that you are fucking co-opting right now. So, like, stay in your fucking lane, dude. I This is where I need NeNe Leakes to be, like, fucking, like, stay out of women's business. Straight up. Because, like, ooh. He was annoying the fuck out of me. This reunion, like, wild. Um, I will say... Uh, I do have
1: his response, or her response. Yeah, read
0: it, because it's, it's great. She
1: said, since leaving a communist country without a dollar to my name, I have, work, or I have had to work hard for everything I have achieved. I will, I will be neither belittled nor degraded by a Nepo baby who is using our platform to leverage a career for himself. Period. <laughs> wow, Julia. Julia
0: ain't the sweet innocent Russian anymore. She's really uh, uh. she's really found her voice and I love it. Um, all the ladies are starting out on the cast. Also, the fact that all the ladies they don't take a moment for like just the housewives and then bring the friends up. They put them all out at the same time, which I think speaks to this cast. Yeah. Everyone's on an equal playing field, and I love that so much. Also, we won't go beat by beat, but the fashions are so good at this reunion. Again, my I've said it before. Beverly Hills ain't the fashion show anymore. It's Miami. Like, fucking Gertie brings it. Gertie brings it every year. I love Gertie's looks. That, that like, white silk with, like, mm-hmm. so good. Lisa looks great. Larsa and Adriana look ornate, but still good. Like, yeah. It's just, like, re- everyone nailed it. It was, like, perfect. Yeah. Um, they, they do now the tradition now for the Miami reunions where they do a shot of tequila first. I love that they've made that their thing. And Andy goes... I mean, we wanted to taste Larsa's tequila, but Larsa, where is it? And she goes, it's on its way. We're going to have to do another shot after. It's like, Larsa, you you make this whole thing this season about your tequila brand and how important it was.
1: And it was you can't even be here on time. Girl,
0: come on. Um so they go around with the intros. Nicole is due on April 23rd and, and she's, you know, definitely got the belly and is expecting. I love Alexia goes, I'm a Taurus too, Nicole. And Nicole goes, Nicole goes, it's going to be payback. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of, but it was like, it was good rapport. And then like 30 minutes later, they were like sparring with each other. I like, again, it's what I love about this show. It's just really fantastic. Um, and he goes, Larissa, what are you going for here? Because she has a crown on and is like very like queen vibe. She goes, I kind of feel like I need to rise above it all and be very queen like. <laughs> you need to rise. What are you rising above? What are the you? The bullshit. <laughs> Your own bullshit. Rising above the hole that you have dug for yourself, like. Uh, and then she shows Andy the promise ring because Andy asked about it.
1: You're a 50-year-old woman wearing a promise ring. I just want to highlight that. Yeah. She 50, 5-0. She
0: does say here that they're looking for a wedding. They have a wedding ring that they're looking at right now. And obviously now, when the breakup slash makeup slash whatever, like she was clearly showing off, PR stunt. Yeah. She was clearly showing off a ring in photos. So I was mm-hmm. like, maybe it's that ring. And then they're buying a home together. So they're going to commingle finances and all that stuff. Fascinating. <laughs> Andy asks about her saying on Watch What Happened Live that she had sex with Marcus five times a night, topping the Scotty four times a night. Andy goes, "What do the kids think when you say that?" And and Alexia goes, "I'm not going to be talking about like my sexual activity anymore, like because I feel like it makes my family uncomfortable." And immediately Alexia goes. But like, do you like blame them? Because like, that's literally weird. Like, that's really weird. Yeah. Alexia doesn't. Alexia and Larsa do not fuck with each other. Like, straight at up all from the get go. Larsa goes, "I didn't ask you. I'm saying my opinion. You didn't believe it last time, remember?" And Alexia goes, "I still don't believe it." And Gertie goes, "Nobody believes it. Nobody believes it."
1: Like, well, then and Andy confirms that Marcus said backstage that it's too completion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time, no it's one not, buys that. That's not possible. Yeah.
0: Larsa then goes, that's because maybe you guys are dry. <laughs> and it's like, wow, keep doing it, Larsa. Keep fucking like digging your hole. Man. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Lars, Andy, uh Andy ask the group, who believes Larsa had this much sex? And Lisa then tries to like be on Larsa's side in this and goes, I think not every day, but like those two are all like over each other. And Alexia goes, but sex is different, th- a different thing. Like sticking it in, like you don't have the time. You don't have the time for that. Literally don't. Like, how do you sleep? No, it like just it, it it's gotta be painful too. Like, I I I whatever I think of Marcus's personality, like I think he's well endowed. Um
1: <laughs> Well, he's with Larsa.
0: Yeah. Um, Lisa goes, I mean, like you can just like stop and go, stop and go. Gertie then goes, Thank you, mascot. Like, getting the dig in on Lisa, too, of being, like, so good. Larsa's mascot over here. And Lisa goes, you're so rude. Like, they're just really, like, already. People, I, I like that Gertie is so activated here. I find Gertie hilarious. I yeah. Mean, some people are kind of like Gertie does too much. But I'm, like, I find it really fucking funny. And, yeah. like, she's just, like, you know, I, I think she's in the right on most of this. Um, Andy asked how Larsa felt about the ladies poking fun at the five-day welcome home party. This was wild. She goes, I feel like it was kind of hurtful when Kiki was saying it because I feel like Kiki was with me when we were both single. I'm in a good place and like happy, like she was being hurtful in her interviews. She like doesn't have that energy when I'm with her and you came at me all season saying I wasn't a good friend, but watching your confessionals, you were a horrible friend and the only thing that she can cite is this confessional where kiki's like why are you throwing a five day going away party you're like 50 like we we can you can be alone that was like a terrible comment to make
1: and then larsa fired back in confessionals if we remember the the comment of Basically, Kiki's a miserable, horrible person because she doesn't have a man. And I'd much rather spend my time with my man than with her.
0: Yeah, go. Well, that Kiki needs to find a man in order to be with like, yeah. in the group or whatever. Larson goes, Kiki, you go by the name Kiki because you Kiki in my face. Good one, <laughs> like really good one. You know what "kiki" means, right? She's having a party. She's right. having fun. That was like a that was. You remember how bad Jen Shaw's reads were on Salt Lake City? Yes. Where she was like, "You you should be wearing flip flops." So you flip flop so much. It was giving that. It was like
1: yeah, really
0: terrible. Kiki goes off and goes. You called me doing called me doing a rampage, saying that you only have one Hermes bag. You said that's why you use vibrators because that's why you can't keep a man. I could say this about you, all because I said you were fifty and you were throwing a party for a man after five days. Yeah, and like and Kiki, such a bad friend. Whatever. They cut to Marcus in the back, going, "Don't hate on our love." Oh fuck off! Shut up! You suck. Like, no, it's I'm hating on your girlfriend who's fucking like an asshole to everyone and then acts like the victim uh, uh, mm. Gertie then asked to speak because she wants to she's like I want to talk about the overall underlying issue because this is an example of it you're hard faced, but you're very sensitive and Larsa goes I am very sensitive she thought it was like a I'm a sensitive person She goes, and you play checkers. Everything has a consequence. You do it to everyone. And you also threaten people and say, if you don't have my back, this is what I'm going to say about you. You've done it for me to me since day one. And Larsa goes, you and I have never been that close like that. And Gertie goes, so no one else has been threatened. And everyone kind of, there's a couple people who are like. Knows what Gertie's talking about.
1: It was giving very. Raise your hand if you've been victimized by the spurn book. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, they get more into it later. But Larsa goes, "What are you talking about? That's delusional. That's in your head." And Gertie goes, "We're going to talk about delusional and the truth real soon." <laughs> <laughs> Kiki tries to explain to Larsa, like, look, you should just try to understand, like, where the person is coming from. Because Kiki was hurt about, like, feeling, like, iced out of the friendship because of the market. And she expressed that to Larsa multiple times, by the way. Larsa goes, well, just talk to me instead of going in your confessionals. How about that? Kiki goes, I did. I called and I explained it to you. And I'm like, not only that, you also told her on the boat. Yep. So, like, what, like, yeah, like, you had conversations about this. Um, Kiki, uh, then goes, you're not supposed to throw your friend away just because you meet a new dick. <laughs> <laughs> Larsa goes, I never threw you away. It gets heated a little bit more, but then K- Larsa, well, Kiki first apologizes to Larsa, which I thought was crazy that she was the first one to apologize. But Larsa then like sort of apologizes and they like, she, Larsa's like, it's not that deep or whatever. So we can move on or whatever. <laughs> it's wild. Um, Andy then asks about the Michael Jordan video coming out. Andy asks, show of hands, who thinks he was joking or not? And everyone's like, eh. And uh, Larsa raises up up both of her own hands. Julia goes, to me, it didn't look like joking. I asked the question because I'm the closest to being in Larsa's shoes, being married to Martina. But I couldn't even imagine dating like Chrissy Everett's son, which was such, Andy was like, that's a good analogy. They cut to Marcus going, not even close, Andy. It
1: is. It's the perfect analogy, actually. It's
0: literally the exact analogy. If Julia dated w- broke up with Martina, divorced her, and then dated her rival her or sorry her rival's she says son and then clarifies or daughter yeah because <laughs> you know like if that happened, that would be like a major thing right like that like w- you know she's it's crazy, Larsa then goes, the basketball world is really small, so I'm surrounded by basketball players. That's the point, girl. You could have picked literally anyone else. Like any other basketball player. Yeah. that it's That's where it was wild to me. It's like you have so many, quote unquote, fish in the sea. And you I believe you knew Marcus when he was younger. So it's like.
1: Yeah, that's skeevy that's to me. So
0: you had to be pretty active in choosing that. Grody goes, it's okay to be vulnerable and say it's kind of awkward. And Larsa
1: goes, I've said it's awkward no you haven't larsa does this a lot though she will after the fact when she's accused of hiding something she'll go no i've talked about it several times
0: it's like no you haven't girl and it's like you haven't said it's awkward you literally say multiple times it's all fine and good everyone else is overreacting yeah that's been your defense every single fucking time
1: and it's your defense for almost everything
0: yeah Larsa goes, it's all we talk about on the show. <laughs> and then Alexia goes, I actually kind of don't think we talk about it enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it, and Larsa's like, how much more are we going to talk about it? Julia goes, well, you deflect all the time. Like if you just.
1: That's it gets it. brought up but never discussed.
0: That's the thing. If she would just be honest about it and see that it's weird and hard, it would be nipped in the bud. Yeah. And also, Andy makes a point. It's like they didn't really talk about it most of the season until like the tail end when the Michael video came out. Yeah. and all that. Like it's it. It wasn't like a continuing narrative throughout the season to me. No. Um, Larsa does because Andy asks if Michael watches, and Larsa confirms that Michael does watch the show. Which it's like I think that also. Infor- I would bet that informs why Larsa downplays it all the time, because if he is watching, like. But I don't know that Michael
1: is watching.
0: She well, she said like she he watched the basketball episode where they went to
1: the basketball game or whatever.
0: It's like you're right. I don't think he's like
1: I don't. I for some reason I just don't think Michael Jordan is really interested in Real Housewives of Miami. I don't
0: think he's subscribed on Peacock. You no, know?
1: it's not. It's not his gig. Andy then maybe basketball wives. Sure.
0: Andy then asked if she'll be inviting the ladies when she eventually gets married, and she goes. I only want to surround myself with people who are genuinely happy for us, and then like Andy's like okay, and she goes, I feel like our list is very small. His family's like very private,
1: <laughs> so like, Michael won't be there, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so like no, you're not inviting the ladies. Cool. Um. Oh my god. So then they are like, okay, we're gonna take a break. As they're going to break, Gertie is in the corner of the couch going, and Lars is on her phone with like this giant like selfie like yeah. light or whatever, and Gertie the whole time's going. I'm tired of the lies. Tired of the lies. (laughs) It's like enough. She links to Alexa and goes, It's enough. She's like the poison of the group with like threatening people. I'm tired of it.
1: Very loudly. She's not quiet about it. Well, and you can see like Larsa like cutting her eyes over at Gertie the whole time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) They come back from commercial. Annie asked Marisol about Julia calling her a pot stirrer in the beginning of the season. And if she was surprised that Julia like was vocal about that. Marisol goes, I mean, immediately I thought, of course, like Adriana's in her ear. Like they start this conversation. Weirdly, Adriana goes, hold on. There's a cyber bully in the group. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Like what? It was so abrupt. And it was just like, like as if they were like, are they in the room with us?
1: Like what is this gonna be, reality de la tis? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Adriana then gets up and hands Andy these DMs. Cause I, the amount of Adriana just like go. Adriana's smart with the receipts. She always gets up out of her seat and hands them to Andy. Even last year with the the uh, the letter, uh-huh. like she makes a point like it's gonna get talked about. She, uh, but I guess like she got sent DMs. From a fan claiming that Marisol is messaging Bravo accounts to bully her or something.
1: I thought this was loose at best. But also, why was it brought up here? Yeah, I do It was like the first second that anybody ever, you know, tries to point anything at me. This is what's happening.
0: Well, I think like as soon as Marisol speaks, it was like attacking her. Marisol goes, She makes everything up. She's like obsessed with me. And Audra goes, and then she wished me dead. She wished me in a casket.
1: <laughs> that is not what she said.
0: Okay. Well, Marisol then goes, oh, that was a joke, which <laughs> some people point out. It's like, it's kind of weird for Marisol to say that's a joke, but then also get hung up on Anna calling her, the or Anna's daughter calling her the rotting corpse or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And, it, uh, was, and it, uh, it was the same vein of joke.
0: And I, I think even Marisol at the time said, she wished me dead. <laughs> like, <it's> like <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Annie asks uh, about her being considered the pot stir, and Marisol goes, "Look, everyone here likes to listen to gossip, and everybody repeats it." And Adriana goes, "And you like to spread it?" And Marisol goes, "Would you shut the fuck up? We just started, Adriana." <laughs> like, <laughs> but also it's like, okay, Marisol being like, everyone spreads
1: gossip. I mean, but she's right. Yes and no. Um, Who doesn't repeat gossip? Who has never repeated gossip?
0: Probably. Yeah, you're right. Probably no one on the show. Um,
1: <laughs> All nine of these bitches.
0: Audrey and Alexia start arguing at one point. It's just like gibberish because Alexia is fighting for Marisol. Yeah. Julia goes, I spread the truth, not the rumors. And Marisol goes, what you believe to be true. And Julia goes, yes, believe is important because that's how you speak out of your heart. I was like, what does that mean?
1: Well, but she's saying that if you don't believe it, then you're... You're malicious, but if you believe that this thing is true, then you're just speaking the truth.
0: Yeah. Um, Julia is like, you know, with all this Julia cites like a bunch of things over the years and she's like, it wasn't crazy to think that like Marisol hired a private detective because she accused yeah. Marisol of that. Andy asked Marisol if she did, and Marisol goes, I mean, come on, guys, really. Which she did on Watch what Happens Live when Andy asked it and like answer the question. <laughs> answer the question. <laughs>
1: it's like, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I get it, but answer.
0: And Adriana goes, no, she uses her cousin instead. There's, like, a long pause, and Alexia goes, who's her cousin? And I, I really <laughs> thought, I was worried, because I thought Alexia was going to be like, she doesn't have a cousin. Like, what, like, if if Adriana just made that made a cousin up out of the air, <laughs> I would believe it. Um, Marisol and Adriana are both, like, calling each other liars or whatever. Um, they, uh, Andy asked who they think who thinks Marisol would hire someone to dig up dirt, Nicole, Kiki, and Lisa all raised their hand, which I thought was more than I expected. Actually. Um, Andy asked about Julia being a potster in Mexico with Lisa. Julia describes herself as a bullshit buster, which I think is a great title. (laughs) Yeah. Which I, but also now I need a vacuum cleaner called a bullshit buster. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole t- sticks up for Julia and goes, she's speaking the truth and she's holding people accountable. What Marisol does is she takes some random fact with no proof. Someone DMs her and she stands on it like the holy grail. And I think that like everything Julia brings is accurate. So that is a fair point that she backs up everything that she says. Marisol then goes, I didn't repeat it. I shared it. Which is <laughs> like, what does that mean? It's like, the same thing. Like. <laughs> And then f- Nicole goes, that's reckless. You shouldn't stare at stuff that you don't know firsthand to be true. Alexia fires back and goes, oh, so you bring in someone else to do it. Anna, like, brings up the Anna point, which I thought was, I mean, I don't believe Nicole was in on it. But, like, I think right. it's like, okay, but Anna can come on and fucking talk all her shit. Right? Nicole goes, but Anna can speak whatever Anna has to say. I guess that's different. I don't know. Um, They kind of leave it there. Um, Alex- we then get an Alexia package with, like, her stuff. Uh, Alexia says Frankie is growing a lot in confidence. She says like he'll, I'll, it'll go by hours and he won't call me like where he is because he's like getting safe enough and like mm-hmm. all that stuff and that's nice. And then she does confirm that she did sign Peter on as a standby guardian, so that seems to be all settled in terms of that. Oh my god, this is part is hilarious to me. Andy then asked Todd about Todd saying that Adriana was why he didn't come. Oh my God. To the Nuevo Horizontes party. And Alexia gives this long ass fucking story. It start, it's, it starts and goes, I mean, he did encourage me to have this party, but he still had some conflicts. Like, how would I want these women in my house? Because, you know, the last time we were all there was the attorney's lunch. Adriana jumps in and goes, Because it's your job and it's part of the job, basically being like, which was like, okay, like, like, I'm. Ob- i'm contractually obligated to bring adriana to parties it's kind of a little too fourth wall breaking for me but
1: i don't think there's a problem with that i think like that that she's not wrong like give me fourth wall breaking give me the only reason you were allowed in my house is because we're on this show together sure. so don't act like we're okay yeah
0: but adrian going because it's your job it's part of your job Alexis stops and goes Right, well, it's not part of your job being a bitch like you are, so okay, so stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get her good. Alexia is fucking great on the comeback sometimes. Yeah. Like. They cross talk at each other and Andy's like, okay, but like Adriana, let her finish. And, uh, and, and uh, Adriana goes, but she talks forever to make a point, <laughs> which is.
1: Yeah, but Adriana.
0: Yeah. She goes that hubris, the hubris, the hubris. And Andy goes, all right. Okay. I don't even
1: think she knows what hubris means. <laughs> no,
0: she just wanted to repeat it three times <laughs> over. <laughs> Alexia now is saying that it was. So now she, Alexia is saying it was because of the apology video. That it was gonna get re brought up, like by the women and stuff like that, the nine minute or whatever uh-huh. apology video to um, Nicole's
1: husband, but it's uh, like Anthony, yeah, yeah, Anthony. and it's
0: and it's like it went from that to the Adriana thing to back to it's, you know, it's really crazy.
1: To be fair, that video was cringy.
0: <laughs> sure, and, I, and that would make sense. Like at least if you would have just said that, I think it would be fine. Larsa literally goes, oh, so it was about the video. Okay, that makes more sense. Like, Larsa was, like, underhanded being like, because you made no fucking sense this whole season. Um, Aj- Alexia brings up, because they talk about, like, the, why Alexia and Adriana fell apart. To me, it's obvious. Like, she did the whole, like, white flag thing and then completely sold out Alexia minutes after basically yeah. you know what i mean like it wasn't you know it was pretty clear alexia brings up that adriana did the press tour after the last reunion saying that she made transphobic comments right and, and all that stuff adriana goes you started it alexia you posted on your instagram because i guess it was some longer post about the frankie comments mm-hmm. or whatever Alexia alexia's i can post whatever i want and then they're just doing more cross talk calling each other liars uh. there's like a split screen it's wild it's just like crazy um alexia goes look the entire america knows that i speak the truth i'm the only one here that does that <laughs> <laughs> Annie leary looks to and goes, the entire america
1: what <laughs> like english is their second language a lot of these women so like i will give her that sure uh, but also it uh, also
0: just her being like they all know i speak the truth it's like all right, Alexia, like, (laughs) the the delusion is pretty strong. Uh, There's more crosstalk. Andy goes, but, like, after this, you know, you guys made up. Adriana goes, yes, Adriana, you literally, again, like, (laughs) you made up, and then you were 15 minutes later in the same fucking episode in a car with Julia talking shit about how
2: (laughs) she's dependent on Todd. It's like,
0: it's wild. They didn't even bring it up, by the way. Uh, Alexia is like, look, she plays the martyr card. Like, I'm the victim. I've never played the victim. And Adriana goes, because you're a star. <laughs> Making that jab again. And Alexia goes, yeah, you're right. I am a star. You should start believing it yourself. Lisa goes, she's a pop star. <laughs> and you were like.
1: She has two songs. I like that song. It's a good song. <laughs> she has two songs and allegedly one on the way. Yeah. Like. That does not a star make, ma'am.
0: Right. Alexia brings up all the stuff that Adriana was saying. She's like, first I'm too rich, then I'm poor. I'm going through marital problems. Nicole then jumps in, and I didn't agree with Nicole in the beginning of this. She goes, when it comes to Alexia, there's double standards in the group. You did not like Adriana talking about finances. But there were no issues when she wanted to talk about who pays Lisa's bills. Lisa is going. Those are different. Those are different. Lisa, when she says this, is going, uh huh, yeah, because Lisa's still offended, and it's like, Lisa, that's not the same thing. They act. I genuinely believe they were concerned, yeah, and and wanted to make sure that you were protected financially during this divorce. That's different than Adriana going around and being like, well, they don't have the money they say they have, and like, like it's not the same yeah. thing um nicole goes you expect people on this cast to behave a certain way towards you but you don't behave that way and i'm like like i said i lost nicole on this but she got me back because then she goes you don't like anyone talking about your family you've made that very clear but you have no issue talking about my relationship with my dad bringing up my mom that i was like that is fair yeah because alexia is very close-lipped about any of like the peter stuff for the most part and like bringing up any other family stuff
1: so for her even in a scene with just her son yeah like literally wouldn't even mention why you know her, Peter's dad and Frankie's dad couldn't take over Frankie's care
2: yeah
0: like come on There's this is ridiculous there's more yelling Marisol is like I feel like everybody here can dish it and can't take it because Nicole's making that point and Marisol's like I think everyone can do that I think maybe most of them probably some do it worse than others. Alexia, um, yeah. Andy asks about Todd's finances and like basically it's a question about like do you actually know how much his finances are? Like do you share a checking account? Alexia goes, we do,
1: and I brought the lease because and like, why did you bring the lease? <laughs> like like what was that for? That, that doesn't make any sense unless she's trying to like prove how much they spend or like. Well, who's on the i don't know well she's like
0: going on and on about like the apartment and like you know you guys were saying i was paying with cash or whatever so here are the checks it's like what and nicole literally goes nobody needs to see that like it doesn't know there's no point And <laughs> even marisol goes what are you a drug dealer well Maris, that popped me hard because maris i mean knowing alexia's ex-husband's background it's uh-huh. like marisol you were shady for fucking bringing that up but as this is happening, Lisa, like, Alexia just keeps going, so this is this check that's for this amount of money. And, like, so when I paid the house, blah, 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 going on and on and on, Lisa whispers to Nicole, I have to pee so bad. Like, I, I, literally, <laughs> I literally think I'm going to run. And then Lisa, the mid-segment, runs out to go pee. And then Nicole follows her because she's pregnant and also, like, her bladder is yeah. a mess. And they're, like, out, and Andy has to be like, okay, but we're about to, like, what? Uh, Alexia goes, look, these are a bunch of rude bitches, so I'm just going to wait till they come back. I'll, I'll wait till they come back and I'll tell them about these jacks. If anyone cares.
1: <laughs> but also, I just find it hilarious that those two are the ones when Marisol's constantly being the one dragged I about peeing constantly. She
0: she didn't like complain once this whole re- at least in this first part. Like yeah, you know. <laughs> oh my god! So then they settle
1: back in. <laughs> they,
0: they take a break. <laughs> they go pee. They settle back in. And,
1: I, I I will say I cackled. When Nicole is literally, they show her backstage, like <laughs> pounding on the bathroom door. You need to leave. I've got to pee. <laughs> I love that Lisa wouldn't
0: let the pregnant woman go first, right? Also, there's not more than one bathroom. Well, yeah, there's, there's got to be multiple. There's like getting the so, come on. Someone else's dressing room has to have it. Um, Andy start. So they come back. They start the next. They start the segment with Andy going. Okay, so I know Alexia had something she had to say, and Adriana had something she wanted to say. Alexia then goes, "Well, I forgot where we left off." So it's like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> you remember the checks in the apartment, and like, <laughs> honestly, I'm fine with that. Well, and then Andy goes, "Okay, well then let's start with Adriana then," and Adriana goes well i have something and then she gets up and goes last year i wrote a letter no <laughs> and I was like, oh my god what let's
1: is- go back to the checks <laughs> i'd rather hear about the checks than this <laughs> i'd rather rely a little too
0: much on props and needs more like arguments like and when i mean arguments i mean like points of like discussion
1: <laughs> Yeah, so I was
0: just like more pop and more pop. But now she's like, I would like to recite a poem to Alexia. No, I didn't write it down. It's so long. It's- it was long and winding. Um my, and
1: was dumb.
0: My favorite part of it though is she it's the it's like the cadence is like da 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 And as she's reading this to Alexia, is staring looks like, like just genuine, just like what the fuck is she gonna say? Gertie keeps going like dancing, bobbing her head left to right to the cadence. At one point, it's there's something about like a, like a, It's all about what a star is or whatever, and like it's something about uplifting people. And Marisol goes, "You don't
1: uplift anybody, Andre." Goes, "Can you please?" And then she just. <laughs> keeps going. It's literally like five minutes. It feels so
0: long. Andy was just like, "Are we done yet?" Like. <laughs>
1: And then Alexia,
0: after she reads it, Alexia goes, "Okay, so it just confirms I'm a star because I'm a kind person, so I'm a star." And Audrey goes, "You are a star." (laughs) Like, what? What was that for? (laughs) What was that segment for? can we go home <laughs> someone has to pee again so we can restart this like okay great larsa then tells alexia i don't like when you say that like i'm the only one here that does something alexia goes no what i said is i'm that i don't lie and that a lot of you have been lying this year which is but she, it's like that wasn't even what larsa was talking she was talking about what happened in mexico city or whatever but like <laughs> alexia just keeps me no i'm saying i'm like, the only one that's not a liar <laughs>
1: oh jeez,
0: Alexia goes. If you're saying we're all liars, you're a liar too. Alexia goes. Well, I can give you an example about you. You said Gertie hadn't told you not to tell anyone, which it's like, honestly, even though it's not Alexia's fight, bring that out because,
1: like, yes, fine, but also, why? Like, leave it alone. Gertie was fine. Gertie, Gertie will bring it up for the time is right.
0: Gertie, but Gertie was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she was, like, rooting her on. Larsa says, that's not a lie. It's a misunderstanding. Bitch. We're not, we're not. Larsa, like, say, oh, so it's, like, misunderstanding. It's, like, confusion. It's, like, <laughs> it's, like, anything but it being a lie. It's, like, oh, Lord. Crazy. Um, I just wrote in my notes, so much (laughs) cross-yelling. So, like, Lars, but, and and it's also, like, so Alexia's yelling at Larsa, who is also, Alexia's also yelling at Adriana. Gertie's yelling at Larsa. Lisa's yelling at Gertie, I think. There's, like, five, it's like, it's great. It's, like, multiple people. As this is happening, Kiki then turns to Julia and goes, you want to get red lips because she has red lipstick on, and goes, "Let's kiss." So maybe they'll stop talking. And so this fight is happening. They're just kissing the whole time. Marisol is right next to them, looking at the. It just cuts the Marisol's faces with like wide eye, like oh, like what is happening. And it's just it goes on for like a minute, and then Andy's like, "Wait, Julia, why are you and Kiki kissing?" And Marisol just goes, "That's hot." julia goes so they'll stop talking over each other and they're like oh it worked oh perfect (laughs) everyone just stopped because they're like why are they (laughs) it was effective as fuck and i was like i was actually impressed by that like just do some weird fucking shit and you'll be fine like oh geez gertie goes you call Ju- to Larissa, you called Julia and Marisol Potzers. there's a bigger potzer, and it's you, Larsa. You literally hold people hostage and having your back, and he- she goes, "Nicole, tell us, basically like lobbing up to Nicole. Clearly, they worked on this, but like still, but then Nicole, so this was fascinating. Nicole describes that Alexia had told them a story. About then when the moment when Lisa and Larsa were fighting at Alexia's boat marriage. Thing. Remember when they were fighting about the mortgage thing, like Lisa having a mortgage. Yes. So like they were fighting at their wedding, and then apparently after the wedding, Larsa called her and said, "This is according to Nicole. If you don't have my back, I'm going to call the press, and I have these connections."
1: Larsa said that.
0: Right. So about like have my back against Lisa, essentially. Okay. And Larsa goes, Alexia, please tell the truth. Alexia says, you were very upset with what happened with Lisa. You were like, there was a lot of things going on at your wedding that I heard
1: about. Like, vague. What does Alexia have to do? This is, this got me confused when I was watching it, too. So, it was like, Nicole said.
0: Alexia told her this.
1: Okay, that Alexia called. No. okay, I'll go back. So, Larsa threatened Alexia to have, to her, have back. her back against Lisa, and then Alexia told all this to Nicole. Correct. Okay. Finally well, understand what happened here. It was so confusing. It, it is
0: very, it's very confusing, because it's also slightly vague in parts, and so you have to pay close attention. Like, Larsa goes, some... Because L- L- Alexia says, you know, you were like, there was a lot of things going on at your wedding that I heard about, and Larsa goes... Somebody at your wedding said a few of the girls at your wedding were doing things, and she's not saying. And Andy goes, "What things? Like blowjobs?" was <laughs> like I love that that's where Andy
1: went to. Also, after I mean, the, that's where my brain went. I thought they were prostitutes. Yeah, but
0: careful, Brand, careful, Andy. Brandy might use that against you for the lawsuit. I'm I'm joking because it's stupid. But, you
1: know. I mean, it's either the Brandy lawsuit for blowjobs or it's the uh, Leah lawsuit for blow. Yeah, same difference. <laughs>
0: And he goes, blowjobs. And I love Julie goes, kissing? Were they kissing?
1: <laughs> That's not what blowjobs mean. <laughs> and Larsa goes,
0: drugs. I'm talking about that they were doing oh, okay. drugs.
1: And, but didn't it's want- Miami. I, yeah, I everyone's so, doing fucking drugs. Stop yeah.
0: it. Larsa says, I never said I would call and say anything. Alexi says, you said if I was a bad person, I can call. So what Alexi is saying here is that, and I, and I believe Alexi on this, actually. Larsa never is like, if you don't back Larsa never says, if you don't back me up on this with the Lisa thing, I'm going to call the press and tell them that people at your party were doing drugs. What she does is to say, if I wasn't your friend, I would do this. Right. Like the vague, like sort of like Mm -hmm. passive aggressive where it's a threat without sounding like a threat.
1: It would be a shame if something awful were to get leaked to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Nicole is like I was so terrified like I went and got a drug test in case anyone said anything I was like it wasn't me like look at my drug test yeah Um, so this is like the big sort of like stuff or whatever they then go to lunch okay they're like finally we can go to lunch then this is where stuff gets crazy. So they're in their dressing rooms, right? Right. Larsa goes into her dressing room with Marcus. and she goes, like, I'm scaring people in the press. Marcus goes, who are you threatening? Larsa goes, I never said anything about anyone. That's a full-blown lie. It's like you said... I, I feel like she means about this specific thing, but I also couldn't tell if she was just talking about I never say anything about anyone, and I was like... Well, that's not true. That can't be true. Marcus is like, they got me riled up. Like, I'm going crazy in this room.
1: Also... I would like to point out, it's enough to be constantly in your lexicon that that was the first joke you made to Gertie about her cancer diagnosis. Right. Oh, that's such a good point. That's such a good point. So it's such a reflex to you to call up TMZ. Yeah that you literally joked about it earlier this season
0: yeah that's a good spot yeah so
1: like yeah i do believe you call tmz and like all these other places radar online wherever
0: she knows how to get a headline going and she knows how to get some pr like what again i think the marcus breakup was partly because like that strategy i love marisol's talking to alexia she goes you thought about like oh there were girls doing like drugs in like the bathroom at your <laughs> beach uh or boat wedding. Marisol goes, you thought I would see, you think I would see that. I spent a lot of time in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like Marisol, I bet you've seen a lot. Now that I think about it, I bet you've seen a lot of that. <laughs> you've been a like yeah. and you were with like celebrity. Like you were in like celebrity
1: culture because you did PR. Like well, also, let's be clear, if you're if you're doing that shit on a boat, you're doing it far enough out in the water where you're in international waters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's no longer like Miami-Dade police can't do anything about that. Florida State, U.S. government, not a damn thing. They Come can and do. get me. Swim. <laughs> well, I mean, if the crime happens on international waters. Yeah, I know what you mean. They don't have jurisdiction to pursue it. So it doesn't matter if it gets leaked in the press. Yeah yeah and it's just
0: to well and it was it would have been just to like i don't even think it would be like to like get someone to elite like charged with a crime if more than just to be like alexia surrounds herself with these people i guess but who cares But her ex-husband was a drug dealer we all know that
1: like who gives a shit though like like i said it's miami everyone's doing blow yeah like nobody gives a fuck
0: oh my god alexia then walks into Lars's dressing room the way she goes hi marcus say hi to me like, Alexi's bold. I will give her <laughs> I will give her a lot of shit for a lot of different things. She is bold as fuck, and I yeah. appreciate it. Marcus goes, I'm saying hi. Uh, so Larsa and her, it's awkward, but then Larsa goes, I kind of feel like I have to get this off my chest. You know, and I'm not even trying to argue with you because we love each other.
1: Bullshit, but okay.
0: <laughs> have you ever known me to go to the media? I don't think you want her to answer that question, Larsa. Uh-uh. Alexi goes, you said that if I wasn't a good person, I can have this out there. Larsa goes, then you call me a liar out there. And Alexi goes, no, I said, you're all liars. Larsa then goes, you lie. You're the one that lies. And Alexi goes, no, you're the liar. And Alexi goes, don't call me a liar. And then Larsa goes, don't call me a liar. It's like, you're a fucking liar. And they're yelling at this point in the fucking dressing room. And this is where we get the moment that we saw on Andy's Instagram story of him like recording himself going, can you hear that? And he's like, it's gonna be a long night. (laughs) And they're just screaming at each other as they head to the end. Fantastic. Chaotic mess, exactly what I wanted.
1: Oh yeah. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Potomac, we got Vanderpump, we got Beverly Hills, and we have Miami. What you thinking, babe?
0: Uh I'm gonna stick into Vanderpump for both of mine. Oh, okay. Uh I am going to give it to Allie for my top who I think really improved a lot. And sort yeah. of like, it, that improves you. I always liked Allie. Um, just like, again, like the little moment with like the sand, like her, like interrogating Sandoval a little bit to get info. I was like, there's a, there's a lot of intelligence going on in your mm-hmm. brain to where it's like, you knew what to do in that moment. And it wasn't like a appealing to him moment. It was clearly just to like get information. And yeah, that, that's honestly all you should be talking to Sandoval in terms of that. Um, and also like the stuff with like the do- with Graham and stuff like that. I think she could really be. I mean, she kind of is still a full time housewife – when or housewife um, Vanderpump. I don't know what you call them, but like she being with James, obviously she puts her in that position. But I think she really could like be just as integrated as anybody else on this cast. Yeah, and I and I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. So my top is Allie. My bottom is also in Vanderpump, and it's going to be Sandoval. Just I know. I it's, mean, yeah. You know, it's easy, but it's like. <laughs>
1: when he's so egregious it's just
0: i think the way that you diagnosed him about like feeling like he's in a movie is so accurate and like it's just off-putting yeah to every degree there's nothing genuine to him there's nothing behind the eyes in my opinion everything is calculated and it just makes it difficult to watch because you can't really see any hope in him learning anything or Mm -hmm you know, coming from a genuine place in terms of everything. It's just really fucking frustrating. It's really frustrating to watch. Um, yeah, so that's my
1: top and bottom. What about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? I'm going to start with my bottom, um, and that's going to be Dorit. Look. <laughs> that's a good one. Look, Dorit had some good moments. Not going to lie. Sure. Her versus Kyle, um, and her versus Kyle again. It was Kyle and Kyle, Yeah, right? Kyle yeah. and Kyle. Uh, at the beginning and the end of this episode. It was a
0: Kyler, er, well, not, not Kyle sandwich, because the sandwich is the thing in the middle. But.
1: Uh-huh. Well. It
0: was a racism
1: sandwich. Well, with, yes. With that, Kyle bread. Yes. And the racism was also Dorit, and that's why she's in the bottom. Um, but it was just, like, the doubling and the tripling down on the bullshit, the refusing to acknowledge, I just, it's so blatant. Yeah. At this point, and I'm like, "Girl, you you're not just unaware. You've been informed. At this point, it is a choice you are making. Mm-hmm. Like I just I don't I don't understand that. So like, I I need you to like get it together, get it together. Um, yeah, it's hard to watch at this point. Um, but what is not hard to watch. Is uh Crystal kicking her and Anna Marie's ass all up and down this reunion. So
0: satisfying.
1: It was so good. Like every time Crystal opened her mouth, it was like, ooh, get her, Jade. <laughs> it was it was it, <laughs> it was a masterpiece in just like good jabs that were well thought out and well planned and placed well. And it was just I I just I don't know how you can do anything but just really sit there in awe and enjoy the show she's putting on hey thanks for tuning into this episode of a gay and his envy join us next time for more of our recaps
0: and hot takes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening and check us out on our social media at a gay and his envy on all the platforms
1: a special shout out to shane ivers who wrote pulsar the song we use for our theme i'm amin i'm merlin and And we're we're out.
0: out